Hello and welcome to the King Heroes Journey Podcast. My name is Beth Martins and Paul Unslaved is here today. So, so excited. We're just, uh, there's there's people already coming on. That's so great. And Steffi P is here. Hello. Lots of love to you. Uh, Navid17 is here. Candice C. Let me turn that off so it doesn't interrupt us. And uh, so, Paul, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. I'll just uh, let people know that you are the host of your own YouTube channel, and you've been in this zone for uh, the whole time that I've been aware of the alternative law movement, taking action. I know one of your videos early on went viral when you were uh, speaking roadside with a police officer. We're going to get into that. What is it to hold your position in a lawful and honorable way, right? Why can't you just run around and uh, tell everybody that you don't consent or, or uh, much more rude than that, that, that no doesn't work? So how does the conversation go? We're going to get into that. He says that uh, the mission is a common sense one, a courteous approach to educating folks about common law and the legal system. The intent is to provide a platform for public servants to act in good faith, right? So uh, some people treat this like a war, but the, the real war is spiritual inside yourself. And when, when you go out into the world, you're not, you're not going to be in battle. You're, you're literally wanting them to come on side with you. And, uh, and, and to do that, you need to have that courteous approach. So... Um, yeah, to, we want them to act in good faith, give them a chance to rise into the energy of good faith, and then, of course, educate those who aren't informed. Paul says the goal of his life is uh, to, and, and the media he creates, is to create a functional community based together in, uh, together based in truth and understanding, as well as upholding universal law, aka the common law. So welcome, Paul. It's so great to have you here. Hey, Beth. Uh, it's good to be here. And I just want to give that caveat that the mission doesn't always get met, right? The mission is to be courteous and have a common sense approach to this. But sometimes in the heat of battle, right, we divert from the mission. So it's important that we also stay humble and stay in a sense of humility and say none of us are perfect. We're all working on ourselves and we're all striving to get closer to what's true and what's right, hopefully. And um, yeah, it's just about reflecting on yourself and situations that you create for yourself and what we could do better going forward, right? Because we are all on this journey together. Like they say, we are all in this together. You know, we just are only responsible for our individual choices. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, they, they really ruined that we're in this together because that's the truth of it, but they're using it for a totally different purpose. Uh, thanks for asking me for the Rockfin link. That helped me to uh, actually get that stream started. So it's going, and there's the link there if you'd rather be on an uncensored platform. So thanks for everybody's support over there. We've got, already got some people in the, in the chat. Hello, Jenny Spark. Glad you're looking forward to this. That's awesome. Alrighty, well, let's get into it. And, and first, I'd love to talk about what holding your position actually means, because that's a, a phrase that goes around. And people don't necessarily know, you know, when it comes to either the, the interactions at, at street level, or when it comes to lawful process and, and uh, instruments that are that are being used. 
you know, what what does it take? Some people think that you can just take one of those many, many documents going around on social media these days and fire it off and that magic document is going to do some work for you. But uh, but I know that it comes down to holding your position. So do you want to talk about what that means first? Sure. I mean, when you say that, I kind of equate that to being in battle. You know, you can't just pick up the equipment and run into battle and start firing off and expect to be effective, you know, and also too, holding your position a lot of times means separating your emotional state from the events going on around you, right? Oftentimes we get into an emotional state, the adrenaline starts to get high and then we become reactive, right? Rather than responsive. And that's one of the words I always have to come back to is responsibility, right? Rather than reactivity. So holding your position, I mean, there's many different places I guess I could take that, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be going around throwing documents and other people's words and, and sentiments and convictions around unless that is what you have in your mind, in your heart, unless that's your lifestyle, right? Because that's not what this is really about. I mean, there's always an element to fake it till you make it, but you have to really believe in what you're doing and you have to be able to stand on certain principles, right? And then I guess that can lead into, I kind of had a quote here that I wanted to go into, um, Marcus Aurelius. If you don't have a consistent goal in life, you can't live in it in a consistent way. Unhelpful unless you specify a goal. There is no common benchmark for all the things that people think are good except for a few, the ones that affect us all. So the goal should be a common one, a civic one. If you direct all your energies towards that, your actions will be consistent and so will you. Right. So the way we hold our position is by day by day, moment by moment, cultivating a lifestyle and a personality and an inner space to where we know who, what we are, what our purpose is. So no matter what obstacle or challenge or adversity comes up, we're able to hold that center. Right. Yes, exactly. And and that's the it reminds me of the maxim of law that the the uh, the intent I'm not going to get it word for word, but but basically, the intent of the living man or woman is the soul of the instrument, right? So it's it's not about words on the page. It's your you know what's your goal? What are you trying for? And it's not a one size fits all with with those documents, right? Everybody's finding themselves in some unique position with maybe an employer or a, a school or a school division. Uh, you know, they're they're. Um, inclusion in society right here in Canada, we've now been basically, if you haven't been double jabbed, you don't get any non-essential services. And there was right, like you, you don't get to go to any entertainment, which is just fine with me. I'm I'm not a, a fan of Babylon. Uh, and, and there was rumors that they were going to do it for grocery stores next. But uh, it, it looks like just rumors at this point. So that's very good. Sure. But again, we go back to shaitan or the perceived enemy, the dark side, the controllers being, you know, again, the perceived enemy actually being our greatest teachers, because you can tell what people really want by the amount of energy and attention that they put on what they're going to get. Right. So when you tell me people aren't allowed to do X, Y, Z, all I hear is whining, complaining and crying. I don't hear anybody or see anybody showing up um, individually or in mass speaking and standing and holding their position, right? I see a bunch of whiners and complainers on Facebook, like I was telling you earlier. They're telling me I don't have children and I'm trying to live a lifestyle as if I'm trying to secure 
the future and freedom for children I don't even have. And these are people who have children and they're sitting there watching them go off every day to these indoctrination centers, coming home with dirty, disgusting masks full of blood and sauce and, and bacteria, and then whining and complaining on Facebook, you know? And I can even get emotional about it because it's disgusting. It's disgusting what you're allowing to happen to your own, to the ones who can't speak for themselves. And that's what a mask is, is a symbol of voicelessness. So you are complicit in, in sorcery and in a lesson that's being taught to us the hard way of what happens when you become voiceless and you don't protect the ones who are already defenseless and voiceless by nature because they're too young to reason. They can't understand right from wrong yet. And it was our job to show them that and to hold our position on that and, and to give them an example of that. And you're failing, right? So mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. you know, it's all love and light until it's not. Because again, the way that we learn a lot of times is through suffering by making mistakes. But, you know, a mistake is only a mistake until you refuse to correct it. And then at that point, it becomes ignorance and you will suffer resistance, you know, and suffering from living in ignorance. You yes. know, that's a law of the universe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. And what I notice is that people might graduate out of the complaining phase and, and then they, they, they graduate into the news phase. Then they take it upon themselves, it, you know, rather than going into full responsibility and, and action and, and educating yourself, taking that stand, then, then they think that their job is to continue to share what ends up being a whole lot of fear porn maybe not all of it, and there is important stuff, but uh, you know, if I could just say for, for the channels that I'm on, there's the King Heroes uh, journey on, on Telegram. I don't mind news there, that, that's okay. You know, so we're, we're sharing stuff that's going around, but we've got a number of working groups where we're really getting down to it and we're studying the law. Uh, there's a Manitoba Law in Action group now. Every single Wednesday tonight at, at 8 p.m. Central, we get on and, and we're looking at a variety of things. Tonight, we're looking at notices. What are they? I'm not, I'm not the teacher. Luckily, there's a lot of smart people around. And, and maybe we could have you on as a guest sometime, Paul. That would be so great. And, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would love that. Are you free tonight? <laughs> no tonight what, time, what time tonight? Uh, it's 8 o'clock my time, so I guess that makes it... Which way? You're you're an hour. What time is it there? Uh, it's one here now. It's I'm one. an hour behind now. Huh? Yeah. So then it would be uh, it would be seven p.m. your time. Yeah, I'm probably going to be working and doing deliveries because you know okay. you know my whole deal. I I go in the morning and then at night and then in between I kind of do stuff like this. You know. Right. But right, uh, no problem. I'll, I'll yeah, we'll more talk notes. more. Okay. We'll yeah, talk more. more and notes. you don't even need me there, Beth. You know it all. You you you, you know it all. You're inspired. You know, you got to just, just like they do, right? For the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they've been giving everybody a daily, every few hours, steady diet of deception, misinformation, disinformation, you know, trying to mind control and program the vessel. So that's all our job is here is become the cosmic media, right? To continue now to do the same process, but with truth, right? to give straightforward, unprepared. We don't have teleprompters and all just the right way, the suit and, and the hair and everything. We don't have all the pomp and circumstance and the, and the extras. We have the real deal, right? We have the authenticity. We have the understanding. We have the morals, logic, ethics, principles, values, right? And we don't always hit it, right? It's not about being perfect people. It's about doing this together. That's what this whole process is about. 
we're speaking to other versions of ourselves out there who are going to be the next wave of reversing this process that we also helped to create initially that now we will repent for turn from our ways and we will co-create the kingdom of heaven on earth rather than the hell that we've been engaged in creating Amen. Wow. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah, getting some good uh, appreciation here. So good. Yeah. And, and that's, that's why I decided to take it on too, because, you know, if, if I waited until I felt like that expert, and, and that, that stands for any area of your life, how do you become the expert is by doing it, by getting in, by making the mistakes, right? And I don't mind saying when I when I've made a mistake that that's totally fine with me and uh, I don't, I'm not looking for people to follow me that that it, that's a mistake. Because there's, you know, th when you don't have self responsibility, you're looking for a guru. You're like, Oh, yep. I'll just listen to everything Paul and slave says, and I'll follow him and I'll, you know, just be a good little bunny and do his thing. But it's not your own intent. And that's not what God intended for us, especially at this time. Sure, if this is about, again, the universe and the hologram graphic simulation is about emulation and replication right that's what that's what we see everywhere as a law is emulation and replication right and co-creation this is not about looking to someone else to do it that's what got us in this mess this is about taking charge right and becoming active in the animating contest for liberty as i believe patrick henry said right we have to be involved we have to become an actor in the movie right like you say king hero's journey what does the king hero do in the movie, you have to start thinking of your life as a movie, how you conduct yourself. It doesn't mean what apartment you're in and how nice it is. How do you act and how do you conduct yourself? Are you writing the story of Bruce Wayne, you know, when he was went through a dark night of the soul and had some problems with his parents and came out of that better and started to fight for what's true and what's right? You don't have to put a cape and a goofy mask on. It's an archetypal story about how to conduct oneself in a world where everyone else around you is doing business deals and they may look pretty and have the nice things and seem successful, but they have the cart before the horse. They're inside out. And that's why COVID and this whole simulation has now shown us, right? The true for the false and the false for the true. We've been shown, you know, the, 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 the gig is up, you know, we're now having to come back to the foundational truths and authenticity, what's really real. Not with what appeared to be real and what seemed to work for a long time because we were ignoring the uncomfortable truths, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, I want to talk about the, the hero's journey and I want to talk about being uncomfortable. In fact, they're probably the same subject. <laughs> so people Absolutely. avoid, yeah, people avoid that like the plague. And the hero's journey, it's, it's not that you, you just go and solve your own problems and slay your own demons and you come out the other side looking for a vacation. When, when you've done enough of that work, not all of it, don't, don't wait, but when you've done enough of that work, then you're going to set your sights. And this happens naturally. It's not something you have to engineer or go, oh, next step on the list is, but then you're going to turn around and help others. Then you're going to be of service and it doesn't matter at what level you're you're of service because there's always somebody that needs you at that level right if i waited to help people until i felt like my job was done i would still be in in the drawing room about that but i started out helping people because i had that will and that's what keeps me in uh you know in a, on a parallel track always doing my work if i don't do my work i can't help other people do their work and, and over the last 20 years of doing that, I've come quite a, a long way from nearly dying of cancer to, to being in this state where I am right now. 
And uh, absolutely right on, right on. And uh, so then, being uncomfortable. Let's talk about that. Right. I sat down with myself last night. It's been so full on action from morning until night. And there hasn't been a lot of quiet time, a lot of praying on on the fly. And I just sat down and challenged myself like, Beth, could you could you be here for an hour or, you know, whatever happened to the 45 minutes and just sit and be. And I was I was staggered by the amount of discomfort in my system. And I wanted to just not be there and, and not do that. But I, I kept going through it and, and being with that energy. And I had a breakthrough the other side. And it made me just go to sleep early for a change, which I haven't done in a really long time. So how do you how do you manage that the, the discomfort of, of stepping out of that zone where you feel okay about everything, or at least you can hide from everything you don't feel okay about? I think a lot of times it's about watching the self watching where the self is going to take the self, the mind, you know, and then the thought is going to create the emotion and then it's going to feed back. There's going to be this loop, right? Um, recently I got thrown off a plane for no mask and they put me out of my way, a bunch of extra money and um, how to wind up taking a bus. And, you know, I was like all upset about it and dreading it. And after I did it and went through it, I said, you know what? I should have just did this from the beginning. And it goes back to, I think Seneca said, um, a, a good quote that I like is, uh, we suffer more in imagination oftentimes than we do in reality, right? So for me, it's really about staying grounded and staying centered on what's actually going on. What are the challenges that are actually being presented? What is the next right action that actually has to be taken? Everything else is a perception. We're in future or past mode. And that's usually where we suffer, right? Even if you're, like you said, you could be in a cell and find certain states of peace and tranquility and serenity just by surrendering and letting go and saying, well, there is nothing else that I can do right now to change anything. And that's a level of true faith, right? When you get into a level of true faith, when you're sitting in the worst of positions and say, well, this must be where I need to be right now. What can I learn from this? And how can I take this perceived negative and grow my inner space, grow my character into a positive, right? And then I go back to, I guess I'm on the Batman archetype today, but they talk about Bane. They show Bane, right? He talks about being necessary evil. He talks about being in a cage for most of his life, being raised by the darkness and pain, being formed and molded by it, right? So now we have two sides of the archetypal universal energies of, of what co-creation is, right? Bane comes in and shows all the corporations, all the fake people. Hey, look, this is what happens when you live like this. I show up. And I'm going to teach you a lesson that you need to learn, right? Because I know what it's like to live in the darkness and the pain and have to claw and climb my way out truly, authentically. Do you, right? So, again, what oftentimes we perceive as darkness and evil, actually our greatest teacher, actually what is necessary evil that causes us to learn in the future, to become more uh, whole and balanced and steeled, right? We steal ourselves and, and become spiritually centered to go through the trials and tribulations and challenges that our journey has to show us in the future, right? Because when we're in it, oh, it's always the worst thing in the world. I wish I wasn't alive. You turn around one day and you go, wow, I can't believe I was in that place. I'm in a completely different place. And now I have the armor of God, so to speak, quote unquote, right? I use the word God in quotes. It's a, it's a, it's a, a zone, right? It's a space of flow and, and presence where you almost feel untouchable because you understand that, Bad and evil will always happen to good people. 
we have no control over that. The only control we do have is who we are and how we deal with those situations and circumstances, right? Up mm -hmm. until we meet our death. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I was teaching a class yesterday and I streamed about it too. So if anyone wants to go back to that, that uh, the, the pain that comes in your life, it's so easy to to demonize it, to not feel it at all costs, not go through it, not let it teach you. But, uh, but I finally saw that this one little tweak is that, you know, when, we, when you breathe in, that's God coming into your system. That's the inspiration. And when you breathe out, that's your offering. So the, the in-breath being the, the reception from God, receiving God's offering. And it often comes in the form of pain, discomfort. Uh, when you say necessary evil, like, you know, somebody's attacking you and, and you have to take a stand. You can't just, you can't just sit there and damage um, your, your godly creation, right? That's, that's not what we're here for by any means to just keep taking it and numb out and dumb down. So, so learning to take that, that pain, the discomfort as food from God directly to, to take it in deeply into your body, to, to use, you know, what, what is, what is useful there and, and then to make your offering even to transmute it because I actually was on the phone with a very dear client yesterday or on, on a call. And many people have got into a place of feeling like, well, you know, we can't have the light without the dark. And mm -hmm. there, there's a certain truth in that because most people aren't motivated to do anything to get to the light if they're not confronted by the dark. So, so that's a kind of practical reality. But it's not necessary because when you go through the dark and you get to the other side, it's not there anymore, right? You shine light on dark, it's not dark. So we're dealing I, with, we're, we're dealing with a massive illusion. Go ahead. No, yeah, and I, and I, <clears throat> I suspect that death is the same sort of um, lesson. This idea of a perception that when we surrender to it and go beyond it, it no longer has the same effect that it has on us, right? And what you were talking about is really just goes back to another principle you know, all the ancient teachings throughout history that are worth anything, we talk about alchemy, right? Turning uh, dark into light, the lead into gold, you know, uh, being handed the crap. And, you know, as they say on the street, I know the Italians back in the day would say, turning the shit into Shinola, right? <laughs> that's, that's making something out of nothing. You know, that is the human spirit. That is the American way, right? That when we talk about America being the greatest country in the world, it's only about a concept. It's about a human concept of taking adversity and allowing it to make you into a man rather than becoming the adversity and shrinking from it and allowing it to destroy you, right? Because if you choose to, like they say, it's not waiting for the storm to pass, it's learning how to dance in the rain. There is no effect now that can be had on your spirit any longer. You almost become above and beyond the worldly people, places, and things, right? That, that goes back to being in the world and not of it, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. So good. <clears throat> well, I would love to dive into a couple of uh, situations that people are finding themselves in these days. And when they come up against authority and, uh, you know, are, are looking at how to train themselves to respond in a way that they hold their position and they know who they are, and the conversation can go, go well for both 
people, right? You're not coming up against someone like in a lawsuit where you're somebody's definitely going to lose. You're hoping that both people come out of the the interaction in a higher place. And, and we, so, let me just I'm sorry, Beth, but we have to I have to stop because it's just eating at me. The, like the second word you said authority. When yeah. we come up against perceived authority that we've uh -huh. been taught is authority, we have to re-remember that even just that interaction and that concept is a blasphem is a blaspheme in itself. It's a blasphemous concept. The idea of a public servant, one who is put there to serve me, is now being perceived as an authority figure when he is in a uniform state when rather the real authority is 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 nameless formless hidden but always present right so we have to even just take that alone and it's not about striking out at that it's about saying okay i have a responsibility here <clears throat> i have accountability that has to take place in this moment this interaction because if i give over my soul and my free choice and bend my knee in, in a metaphysical sense and say this is an authority. Well, you've blasphemed the most high consciousness in a universal law because this is not a maker and an enforcer of universal law. This is a perverter of universal law, an upholder of man's law, which is what we know in the spiritual community as shaitan, right? The deception. One who claims to be the authentic, the real, the true, the most high, but is obviously, you know, a fraud, you know, a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know, but it's okay because you know that already. And if you keep accepting that, well, then that's all they're here to teach you. So everything is what it needs to be, right? Again, it's not about striking out at that. It's about stop giving your power away. Stop allowing a deception to become reality. You don't have to do that. You actually have a job to correct the deception in reality with the word, right? In the beginning is the word and the word is made real. So when the flesh is trying to present a deception, you have an ability to use your words to correct that situation. Amen, brother. That's awesome. And then I love, I love the authority. What does it actually mean? It's to author your own experience. Uh, the law is written on our hearts by mm -hmm. God, right? That's where nat natural law and common law actually exist. It's not some codified man-made uh, you think that can change, they change the goalposts on us every day with mandates and orders and statutes and all those kind of man-made laws, but you can't change God's law. You can't change that, that, that authority is there. Uh, but if you don't essentially know that, and, and we have a long-standing habit of being tricked out of our own awareness of our authority, right? That, oh, let me just make sure that's off. And, uh, so, so then and and you can intellectually know this stuff because I, I, I you know, hear people saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, I heard about the law or, or I heard so and so and I already know that. But what happens when you're in that situation where somebody says you have to let, let let's let's uh, just try one situation that people find themselves in every single day sure. now just to go to a store and buy groceries, essentials, or even non-essentials that you would want to go out and, uh, and shop for or partake in, in some kind of society, right? Uh, you know, children can't even go to a music lesson without a double jab. They can't go to craft lessons without a double jab. They can't go to the trampoline park without a double jab. These are, you know, it, it, it could be argued either way whether they should be part of that kind of that level of Babylon or not. But when, when they tell you, your, you and your child have to either mask or be jabbed for this, how would you 
respond and be in that conversation or would you be in that conversation at all? Exactly. The same way that I'm doing now is that I'm unplugging, disconnecting, and I'm going to co-create my own to whatever degree that I can, whatever that looks like. Do I know what that's going to look like? Am I scared? You know, all the things are there that's present in anybody else who would be given that, that task. But I go, absolutely not. I will not, um, uh, I will not do business with and, and negotiate with terrorists and the enemy, you know, like they said, you know, when, when, when everybody was having their rights and freedoms taken for terrorism, we don't negotiate with terrorists. You're telling me I have to do this or that, and both things are fearful and scary and to my detriment, you're terrorizing me. I don't negotiate with you. I say, here, you can have your whole system because I have no obligation to engage in your system. Your system is a benefit and a privilege according to you. If I don't see it as such, I can go rent my instruments with 20 people on the block, and we can go get an event center. We can probably stop paying the slave tax and like be in a better position financially if we just did our own thing, right? If we would just stop complying, stop engaging, because again, it is all by contract. And then they'll tell me up in Canada, well, that may be so, but they're going to do whatever they want to do. Okay. So what are you telling me? What do you, what exactly are you communicating to me in that, in that statement? What you're communicating to me is you're too scared to do what's true and what's right and what you know you need to do. So you're going to lay down and roll over. Okay. So stop complaining, stop whining, you know, sit tight, enjoy the suffering, enjoy the torture, because that's what you're bringing on yourself. This is not a game of never having to put up, right? It's put up or shut up at this point. And it's, again, not about striking out, lashing out and fighting. It's just about co-creating. Get your people together, form your groups, do your own extracurricular activities in your homeschooling disconnect from the slave system that's never served us from the beginning anyway. This is the greatest opportunity you've ever been given. That's the thing. The best of times, the worst of times, right? As the famous speech goes, Uh, I think it was the tale of two cities. uh, uh, The the character talked about the best of times, the worst of times, unless I'm conflating two different things, but it just comes, certain themes come up in my head, right? We talk about different uh, characters, pop culture movies that talk about the same themes over and over again. We see the same themes throughout history, you know? So mm-hmm. right now is a birthing process. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of blood. There's a lot of screaming. It's scary. It's chaotic. New life is presenting itself. The question is, what will you choose to replace the old life, right? So there's an opportunity here. Be the change, be a part of the opportunity, co-create with your neighbors in your community, And you'll be thankful that this all happened. One day you look back and say, thank God for COVID and all the slavery because it made us the best men and women we ever could have ever been, you know? Yeah, exactly. You got it, Steffi P. Only solutions. That's what I try to talk these days. Only solutions, not problems. I'll catch myself very quickly in any kind of uh, complaining state and just realize, oh, I'm sucking the life out of me. Never mind the person I'm I'm, uh, complaining to. And, And I agree fully. Um, Babylon is asking us to leave. We're not welcome anymore. And that's fine with me. I'm fine with that. I I was never at home in Babylon, right? The the whole thing, the breads and circuses and all that kind of thing, to the extent that I participated, what wasn't very much, but, uh, but now I'm totally fine. And when it comes to essential, what they've deemed to be essential services, like I get, I get turned down at the post office now. Now it's not my only choice for a post office. I hear there are other, other choices. So I'll just go over there. 
But for example, you can't you can't send a legal instrument or a lawful instrument without the uh, postal service, right? That that this this should be something of a right that we have. So how would how would that conversation go for you if you went to a post office, and they said no, uh, you can't come in here without either a mask or or the vaccination. Whoops, I shouldn't say that word. But. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much a common sense conversation and I usually going to do it on camera just because at this point, if nothing else, like you're going to be held accountable. First of all, everyone's going to be held accountable and liable through the universe and what we call karma, right? Our menial understanding of, of how the universe works in the karmic process is definitely at play. You know, so you're going to be held accountable and liable anyway. I don't really have to be that force. However, I will be part of that force. I will film you. I will question you. I will provide a response that is based in truth and the law. Because again, these people are all involved in a cult where they're claiming that they're doing what's lawful, but it's legal process. And none of it is lawful by definition because nothing is ever lawful if it's causing loss, injury, or harm to man and woman. It's actually unlawful. So you could tell me something is legal, but it can also be unlawful because it's the deprivation of rights. It's what we call it here under the federal code. But again, federal code is just a bunch of men writing down what's common sense to all of us. Title 42, 242, Section 1983, deprivation of rights under color of law. No agent or agency using any statute, code, policy, or law can deprive a man or woman of their rights. What's their rights? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is pretty common sense and basic. If you won't stand on that, that is the essence. That's what's so ironic about it. Everything they say is actually true. You just have to know how to decode it. You don't get anything that's not essential because you won't act as an essential being. What is the essence, the essential quality of a human being? Will you act on that? No. So then you don't get any essential. You get to sit in your house like a slave, like an animal, a kept pet, because that's what you've chosen. You've chosen that, right? Even the animal understands when you come for its children and its property to bite back. Now, am I saying bite back physically? No, it's not the time for the sword. It's the time for the pen and paper. Use the pen and paper, use your voice, use your cameras, put it out there everywhere. Create the image of these people being bad, wrong, horrible people. And hopefully their shame and their guilt will get to them and they'll leave their jobs. They'll stop their behavior. Come together in mass so that it makes it more difficult for them to take you off and you to just be just one person. You know, if there's no one around you, be just one person because doing right in a minority of wrong or a majority of wrong is still right. Right. If you're in a minority of one and you're still doing right, you're still doing right. You know, it, it, it's about, again, a lifestyle. How much do you want to be accountable and responsible to the truth and to whatever you believe God is? If you're a godless individual, if you believe there is no program and there is no purpose, well, then I guess you'll put up with anything. You'll 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 stand for anything. Very good. And do you have any advice about like what kind of words? So you're, you're wearing a body cam and they say, uh, no, sir, you cannot come in without that mask or worse. And it, it, what kind of questions would you be asking at that, you know, to, to come out with a an outcome that you could just simply use that postal service? I mean, there's different things I would say at different times. But I, for that, I would just say, well, can you show me that law? You know? I mean, it's pretty basic, you know, just show me the law. And then they're going to tell you, well, no, you know, th because this is all repeating. Nobody's actually basing anything on truth. So we're in sort of a weird gray area here because there's actually a law that nobody's following. They're doing stuff unlawful and claiming it's the law. 
So what exactly do you do other than ask the basic questions of, okay, where can I find this law? What is this law? Go print it up, show it to them. Because I would bet if you went to go print it up, there's exemptions throughout all of it, let alone the initial public charters, right? Because all this stuff is based on banking. The initial public charters are going to specify and say, I'm sure somewhere in Canada, it's a common law land from what I understand. You can't do law, cause loss, injury or harm to anybody, man, woman or citizen. You know, so all this stuff is wrong and incorrect. And then it just becomes who are you going to get to hear it? You know, but you're never going to know if you don't try. Again, I'm not an expert. People say you're an expert in common law. No, I'm not. I'm still figuring out how to move cases through federal court, through different arenas, because we've never been taught this stuff. We've had to learn it all on our own. And we have to trial by fire. We have to go out there with cameras, ask questions, get people on record, allow them to do harm to us and take our rights at times. And then try to move on that. You know, this is, it's not necessarily always going to be easy. The answers aren't always going to be clear, but there's a certain level of true enough and common sense and engaging in the process. You know, mm -hmm. I will not stand for this. I will record it. I'm going to get you on record and I'm going to post it. And then I'm going to take you to court. And then when you go in there, you might have to go to court 10 times because they're going to try to lie to you, not file your paperwork, get you to come in as something else other than yourself. It's going to take work. You know, that's the bottom line here, I guess, that nobody wants to hear. It's going to take some some hard times, some challenges and some work, some suffering and some sacrifice. And you're going to have to pay attention to, to benefit. Right. You're going to have to give your time, attention and energy if you want to benefit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, exactly. So I'll tell you a little story that you might not have heard. I think my my audience has. But for those who haven't, I was driving along with my kid. And we're just on a, on a dirt road in a, on a beach town. And there was a really slow truck in front of me. So I went to pass him. And when I'm passing him, I realize he's a cop. And uh, next thing you know, he, I, he pulls me over. So, of course, yeah, just pa passed, a, passed a cop. Well, I passed a cop and blew a stop sign doing it. <laughs> That's why yeah. he was slowing down even more. <laughs> right, just a total boner move that day. I was, I was uh, not, you know, emotionally in actually a good place at all at the moment. And uh, so he comes up to me and first he asked if I was okay because I just pulled this boner move and uh, yes, sir, I'm okay. And he asked for my, my driver's license and registration. And I looked down at my purse and I said to myself, you know, Beth, I know, you know, you, I know, you know, some stuff, but don't pull anything right now. You're not in, you're not in any shape. Just take the ticket and just give him your, your license. So I take the license out of my purse and I go to hand it to him, but instead God moved my hand and I put it on the dash of my car instead. And so he went around and he looked through the dash and he looked at the license plate that says without prejudice, whether that was of influence to him or, or not. He came around and he said, okay, you're free to go. Ready yeah. Just, I mean, I, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, again, a lot of times you're going to have things operating and moving around you that you're not going to be totally clear what's happening. You just have to remember that something else is there, but you know, those are the times, right? When you're supposedly doing something wrong, you have to remember that's your programming. That's your, 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 your trauma pain body as Eckhart Tolle calls it. It's bubbling up because you've been taught like a dog. When you do this, you get that. You do this, you get that. So that's bubbling up because you've been taught you just did wrong. If you understand the law in a common law land, no wrong has been done unless loss, injury, or harm occurred. You've, you've broken a policy. And since you're not a part of a corporation, agent, or agency like Walmart, you don't have to follow their policy unless you consent to being a citizen. That's what a citizen is. It's a subject in a sense. It's part of the government. You've given your consent to be ruled, right? That's how it is in America, at least, right? That 
the statutes, policies, codes are given the force of law through the consent of the governed. So it's all contractual. If you really remember, I've not done any wrong here. That stop sign is an advisement of how to keep us all safe, just like masks and vaccines. It's all nonsense. I am the creator of that sign. I am man. I am woman. I put that sign there to advise all of us how to be safe. If nobody's in front of me and I didn't hit anybody, you have a what if. It's a hypothetical. Nothing actually happened, right? Just like a red light or anything else. You go to another country, lights and signs could be whatever. People are not trained like animals to stop in the middle of the road at three in the morning and wait for 10 minutes when nobody else is around. They just go because they've remembered that we put these things here to keep us all safe. This is not here as slave training to tell us green means go, red means stop. It's just an advisement. If you make the determination as a responsible adult that you can proceed without doing harm to your fellow man, no one else needs to be involved in the conversation. You know, And this mm -hmm. is something we just need to keep reminding ourselves of. And especially we need to remind ourselves they don't have any jurisdiction over you until you hand them the license. Right. On. So, you know, like we're thinking we're going to get out of it by handing the license and not pulling anything. You hand them the license, you're giving away your jurisdiction, you know, because now you're saying here's the contract to abide by all this nonsense. And if not, I got to pay a fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he clearly didn't go and get it off the dash. He could have. It was within arm's reach. So I was, I, you know, I was still, I wasn't uh, withholding. But, uh, you know, so it, it was a good, it was a good interim kind of a move that God made in that moment. And, and it, you know, what's it, interesting it, there. I just mm -hmm. thought of, I'm sorry, Beth, mm -hmm. go ahead. You didn't, you didn't actually give him the license. So when you give somebody something, I mean, I don't know how much he knows or is trained, but it has to be like a presentment, like when you serve someone paperwork. I mean, it might not, it might fall into a gray area there because you did present it and put it on the dash, but maybe because you didn't hand it to him, maybe because he just realized you didn't do what everyone else does. So you must be somebody who's tired of their nonsense. And he just didn't want that to do wrong to you because again, you, you do have a certain energy and presentation. And I would, I would believe that most of these men, except for the real cowards and Satanists or satanic ones, don't want to do harm to you, you know? So exactly. when they see someone like you, they're like, you know what, whatever, you know, we don't, she's not out here doing anything, you know, with me, they might have to, I, they might have to hear a little more from me when they see me. Cause they're like, you know, who's this guy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like he literally, you know, it, cause guessing, oh, this worked or that worked. You, you really don't know. He could have just yeah. been a nice person, compassionate and, uh, and, and, you know, didn't want to cause me the, the hassle or himself the hassle. Of, of going through that. So uh, yeah, it's it, your your energy definitely, definitely matters. Um, I also really like and it was exactly what my kid said to me after because, uh, you know, when I go through I'm a girl and when I, I as soon as we drove away, I started crying, right? Because I'm just like, <laughs> energy coming through and, and it's just a release. Sure. And then and my son consoles me and said, you didn't do anything wrong, mom. And I'm like, Yeah, I know, I know I did it. But he, he was clear, I didn't do anything wrong, even though I blew the stop sign and passed a cop. Uh, so it, that's the bottom line. And Canadians, we love rules. We love our rules because then we don't have to think, right? Just tell me all the rules. I will follow the the rule to the letter. 
and then I'm done. I don't have to have any consideration whatsoever in the process. I remember in the days of uh, going through airports as after the uh, nine, you know, uh, whatever, one, one, if we'd say that without getting censored here, uh, that um, the, the rules in every airport were different. And, and the rules were different in the same airport at a different time or at a different place. So you no longer could hang on like a good little Canadian and follow all the damn rules because you didn't know the damn rules until you got there and then they switch o change o everything on you. And it was very unsettling to me back in those days, like, just give me the rules and I'll follow them. But I very quickly also realized that they do that on purpose so that you can't settle in. So you can't relax in any of those situations because relaxed people make good decisions compared to the, you know, when you're all uh, kerfuffled and, and can't think straight. Also too, if they, it's like court, if they give you the rules and you learn them well enough, you might be able to play the game better than them. If they keep you in a constant fear space where the rules are unclear, all you know is the guy at the front of the room with the regalia on is who's going to is, is who's going to be the one to tell you who and what you are and what you're going to do. And that's the ultimate training, right? Is that we don't we're getting to the point we don't even want to lay out the rules and have them be draconian and on paper and everybody follow them because if they learn them to the letter, they learn how to get around them. We just want you to know that we're in charge, we're in control, do whatever we say when we say it, even if it's contrary to our own rules and even if it's contrary to everybody's common sense, logic, morals, and ethics, you know, and we created that because like you said, if you believe the first steps, then by the end, it's those who can make you believe absurdities or make you commit atrocities. And now they're, they're killing their own kids, throwing their own children into the pits, into the fires of Molech. For another paycheck, another stimulus, or to go along to get along. You know, like Shaitan told the Christ of being up on a hill. Just say we're God. Just accept our nonsense. Bend your knee. We'll take all the pain and suffering away. If you continue to buy into that, right? Like, you know, you lay down and play dead with the wolf, and he's going to, you know, lick you and kiss you. It's not going to happen that way. You know, <laughs> sometimes you're going to have to give a predator predator energy and predator language. Or you're going to have to stay neutral and stand your ground, right? Hold your position, you know? Because, again, I like that middle ground of not fighting, not flighting. Just holding my position with love, faith, compassion, and, and a balanced, uh, a centered countenance to where they can't say that I'm this or I'm that, you know? I'm no longer an enemy. I'm just a human. I'm just a man just like you, and I'm just trying to do what's true and what's right and be loving and be loved, you know? And I don't think that we can lose with that position. You know, until it comes to the time when we have to act in the physical world. That's something that I struggle with a lot is will we be judged? Is there ever a time where physical uh, resistance is righteous? You know, and I would presume at some point, yes. And hopefully it never gets to that. Because, again, as loving people, we never want to have to harm our fellow uh, men and women for making choices that are going to do harm to us. You know, we want resolution. We want peace. You know, we want to follow the law of the universe. We all have to be part of that. You know, we all have to make that choice. Yeah, that's it. I, I've said it before that I would love nothing more than to live and let live. You want to go put stuff in your body, put anything in your body. I'm not going to come and try to regulate that. But once you're trying to come and force that on me and my child, we're in a different situation here. Mm -hmm. Right, because acquiescing doesn't just, 
expose me to the the physical harms that are likely to happen it it that's spiritual damage right sure and, and how how do they do that stuff it's it's no surprise it's all like the like they they gave in manitoba they gave uh there was a vax to win lottery which is not legal for a minor to participate in a lottery and they, they separated it out. So there was a vax to win for adults. And then there was a vax to win for the students. And they got $25,000 scholarships for putting a jab in their arm with no, hey, uh, yeah. no merit whatsoever. Right. And, and I'm just, sorry. Yeah. You know, I have very little compassion and sympathy. I'm so <laughs> sorry for you that your life that you were raised so incorrectly that your life and your, your 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 spiritual past and everything your family the future is all so empty and meaningless and worthless to you that you would sell it out for a chance to get a few more pieces of paper you know that are going to be worthless soon anyway I, I i guess i have to be sorry and and say you know uh, uh universe have mercy on these people for they know not what they do you know because i guess if you knew better you do better you know, I don't I don't know how to even process that and how to reconcile that of watching my fellow men and women do this kind of sickness and harm to themselves and their children. You know, and, and, and how I cope with it a lot of times, I guess, is I just I shut it off, you know, because it's like this must be the experience that they need. They must have came here to really be shown up close and personal what it's like to give all your power away and, and, and to to lose sight of everything that's true and good. You know, it's just an experience. It's a simulation. It matters when we're in matter form, right? When we take on a matter form, you know, in this realm, it matters to our flesh. But on the highest realm, I don't think it matters. You know, it's just an experience. It's just a simulation, you know? So that's kind of like the paradox for me. I just say, well, on the highest level, these are just flesh bodies who came here as a spirit, eternal, untouchable spirit to experience in the flesh you know, a certain experience. And it might seem real crazy and traumatic and scary, but on the highest level, it didn't even really happen. But while we're here, we do have choice. We have free choice and we have conscience and we have to use that, right? So it, it's the it's the all and nothing, right? The alpha and the omega. It, it not, None of it matters, but it's all that matters while we're in the matter state, right? So that's how yeah. I perceive that. Well said, I love that. Yeah, and we're in the age of the prostitute, right? That's what Babylon is. And I was talking to a very dear friend uh, to, of mine this morning, so this is not a knock against her if she hears this at all. But uh, she said, uh, yeah, I, I was telling her about the Vax to Win thing, and, and, and then she would say, oh, well, it would have to be, you know, a lot more than 100 bucks that they're giving people here where she's from in the U.S., and it would have to be a lot more than $5,000. But but if, it, if they gave me a million dollars, I would <laughs> like this. And I'm... And, but and so I'm not criticizing her. Everybody, you know, maybe has their has their price. But but I've come to this place. I saw myself coming into this incarnation. I'm going in again. I'm going to get this right this time. I'm doing this. If I have to die doing it, and I will die doing it because no bodies get out of here alive. But you know, so what what is the price? What is what is your bottom line? That that you know, if they say that you can't buy food anymore. Right. If you can't, uh, you know, who knows how they're going to come between the parents and the children. It's already started to happen where the 12 year old can go and get jabbed without any parents consent now. 
right? And, uh, and, and so, you know, stepping, stepping into that, okay, well, I will, I will harm myself and my child to stay safe and buy groceries, you know, so then you get into some really weird gray area. I'm still talking to God like crazy about this. What do you, what do you think about that with, with parents? The Bible says. You hate yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Subconsciously, you hate yourself, right? Your value has been reduced to that of a piece of paper that represents what value is. You still don't understand man and woman create and are the understander, are the, are the perceivers of what value is. You put the cart before the horse. We are the most valuable thing in this realm, right? Consciousness that, that, that is eternal on one level manifesting here with the program of the universe written inside of us, connected to everything else around us. We are the thing, right? So, these people, you don't want to criticize them. I'll criticize them for you. You're worse than a gangster, low life mafia because the real gangsters and low lives and mafia who everybody puts down in society, they have a code of ethics where no amount of money is supposed to come between what's true and what's right, right? And it's the same thing we do in universal law. I always give these parallels. Like I want to do a class one day about criminology and pop culture and how the day-to-day man and woman lives and lives almost worse at times than a lot of these criminal organizations because they have no value system. They have no, there is no foundation. There's no, like you said, you know, everyone seems to have a price in middle America that they'll sell their soul for, you know, and there's certain communities where even if you take everything away, all we have, like I'll go back to Tony Montana, which was written off a a real individual. All I have is my balls and my word. I don't break them for nobody. You ain't going to slave me up and you ain't going to make me dishonorable. Right. So she, people like that, you just tell them you'll get what you want, sweetie. You want your kids to be poisoned and soul sucked and full of dis ease. And you want to go through that experience while you're in this realm. You get what you want. Sell your soul for a million bucks, which after taxes is what? 500,000 for a house, a house to put nobody in because your true house is out is, is not in order. Right, your spiritual, cosmic house, your your temple is out of order. Exactly, it's a total evacuation. Uh, so I want to ask you some more questions, but I want, also want to say hi to some great people in the chat here. There's Go so ahead. many good comments. We had a hundred people on the stream now. Thank you so much for coming, Mr. Benjamin Balderson is in the house, and he says he has. He said he likes this dude. You guys are, are uh, too. <laughs> you, you're, yeah, you guys should connect. Absolutely, be beautiful to have both of you on at some time. Wow, that would be a great conversation. And uh, saying all the evil is fake. It's uh, it's it, it, it you know it's fake until or it's it's only fake when you see it as so. That would be my answer. What do you think, Paul? It's not that the evil is fake. You have to see it with discernment. That what we perceive as evil here is a result of cause and effect, and it, it the result is meant to teach us something, right? So if you look at it as we are consciousness, we are awareness, and we take on a body. When, we, when this body dies, that consciousness and that awareness, that energy goes somewhere else. So when we're in that next experience, this experience, I don't believe, I can't speak this as absolute truth. I don't believe it will matter. While we were here, it matters because we're in this vessel with this makeup that the universe programmed. The only way we can have these conversations about what's true and what's right is if we were all the same self. It's the one truth. Right? We all have conscience. Like I originally w- read the quote from Marcus Aurelius. You go back thousands of years throughout history, right from wrong never changes. Right? 
Only perception changes. And then human beings go through catastrophic events and they're forced to get themselves back into saying, wow, here's what's right from wrong, right? And then when we read that history, we go, how did these people ever degenerate to that level? It's clear what's right from wrong. Yeah, unless you're in it. Because if you don't have knowledge of self and knowledge of history and knowledge of the times you're living, if you don't have that discernment, you mistake evil for good at times. You mistake the false for the true at times. Right. So you have to have that level of vision and perception that goes beyond the illusion. You know, so it's not that it's fake. It's that we put so much emotion and attachment and bondage over the outcome rather than putting so much energy and attention in who we're creating to be as a character in the world to make that change. Right. Because, again, this sounds like highbrow hippie kind of talk. But if you change yourself, you change the world, even if it's one one billionth of a percentage. You've changed the world, right? And as a, as a concept, that's all we can ever really do is change ourselves. We become the, the, the highest example of inspiration and leadership to ourselves and others to where we can navigate the world and make choices in, in moments of high anxiety, you know, uh, high levels of adrenaline, high levels of suffering and chaos around us. Because again, we create these situations, so we have to learn how to navigate them. Just look at all the things you see as evil and bad as your best teachers and watch yourself and how you react and where you go. and What are you doing with it? You know, and then see how you can alter your story. That's I don't know if what I said there means anything or makes any sense to that person, but. Hundred, uh, yeah, to me anyway, it does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, <coughs> Bites. Cheryl Williams is here. David, I'm glad you're younger. Doesn't want it. Uh, you know, we got some hanging in the balance going in my in my life. Uh, yeah, and if you have a number, you you miss and experience the lessons. Yeah, exactly. You're kind of waiting for that number to to pop up. Uh, hello, Melissa. It, nice to see you. Uh, Kristen is here. Hannah, Jeb's approved for 4 to 11. Oh, darn. Yeah, yeah, that's intense. What's the difference? They were already approving Similac and all these other cancer-causing chemicals. The cancer and autism has gone up thousands of percent over the last 20 years, and everybody's just been gleefully feeding their children toxic chemicals by these same big corporations. We've been here a long time. This is just the most, this is the latest and most profound and obvious manifestation of what we've been co-creating with for a long time. You know, so again, four to 11, how about before they came out of the womb? You know, <laughs> this has already been going on for a long time. Let's get real with ourselves and then just turn it around, you know, mm -hmm. be a voice. Mm, that's amazing. Uh, Jason is asking, I don't know if you want to give any uh, not not uh, advice, <laughs> which is what we don't do on these channels. He says his landlord is kicking him out illegally. What would you do in that situation, Paul? I mean, you're obviously going to have to go to court. You're going to have to file a claim and try to move a claim through your local court. Um, obviously, first off, I would try to go to the man or woman and have a conversation with them, if possible, as a human being. Uh, get both sides out on the table, what you guys' needs are. See if there's any room to move and resolve it. If it's just a corporate wall that you're getting a bunch of forms and, and repetition and, and no uh, uh, resolution, then you're going to have to bring it before um, a jury of your peers and a magistrate, right? Not a judge. This is a man in a black robe who's supposed to be referee. You're going to have to file a claim, you know, two or three lines. This man, this woman, 
caused me a loss, injury, or harm, depending on definition of what happened. Um, and then you're going to have to try to move that. And let me tell you, it's not necessarily going to be easy, but uh, we got to start trying, right? Start mm-hmm. filing the claim. Very simple. Just stating what happened. Sign it, you know, and then try to move it through a course. Start practicing law, right? That's what practicing law is. Um, but like I said, first is the community aspect. Try to get resolution and then show that on record. You know, I tried to resolve this matter. I tried to make peace with my fellow man. He wouldn't allow that, causing me loss, injury, and harm. I need a remedy. I need resolution. You know, and just be real and honest with yourself and whoever you come before. You know, and then surrender the outcome. See what happens. And then if you don't get remedy, you have to continue the process and go up the chain. You know, whether you have to take it into, I guess, a state court, uh, federal court, which I'm trying to do now. You know, I'm learning just like everybody else. You know, I'm learning along the way with the process. A lot of this stuff is just common sense and what I picked up along the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Cal Washington says that claim is the second most powerful word in the uh, in the legal dictionaries and that demand is, is the most important, by the way, because that always implies what's the, the most. And And if we don't stand up before God and make our claim, uh, then not only are you not going to resolve or ev- at least have the potential to resolve some kind of a situation, but you're not standing before God. And when you do that, when you make bold claims and you stand, then you get a lot of energy in your system. And maybe that energy is going to be the inspiration or the the uh, right place, right time for the next good place to live in. Like, I had a hellish place to live in before I, I moved here nearly yep. a decade ago. And uh, there was no there was no working around it. it I, I probably could have taken some legal measures at that point, but as a single mom, it was impossible to even dream of that at that time. And uh, I just took to praying and releasing and, and getting my house in order, literally my internal house in order. And then I found the perfect living situation by accident. God led me here. Right, and it's been amazing ever since. I've been in a, in a good situation. So, uh, so standing up and making that making that claim is is uh, even if you don't make headway in the in the legal realm, you will make way, energetically speaking. Yeah, and I mean too. I mean, if if you know, um, I don't. I typically try not to deal with public servants, just because I try to resolve all my issues with my fellow man, man to man, or you know. Uh, man and woman, I try not to involve them. But if you're in a situation where somebody's moving your stuff, you know, trying to get you out before the time that's supposedly, again, we have two different systems. So if this person says that they're following the legal statutory system and they're not giving you the allotted amount of time, you just call the public servants and tell them, Sheriff, uh, this guy's doing this. I could either crack his head open for interfering with my property or you could just tell them to stop because what other option is there you know again like people think that this is a caveman logic i don't like to do to get into any physical altercations but what else do you do when somebody's aggressing on your property and 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 your being you know you defend yourself so the way we do that in a quote-unquote civilized society supposedly is we tell a public servant hey look what this guy's doing he's outside the boundaries that have been set that we've all supposedly agreed upon, right? Um, what are you going to do about this? And then it's just taking it up the chain if they don't want to do anything. But they should be speaking to him and telling him, listen, dude, you can't do this. 
You know, you don't have a right to do this. This guy has 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, exactly. What but then, too, like you were saying, Beth, I'm sorry, and then just hold that. Okay. What you were saying is the best thing of it all is learn to find the good in the situation. Chances are where you're living is screwed up. If what you're saying is happening is happening, then the people you're living around and the people over you, quote, unquote, are screwed up. So take it as a blessing. Say, well, you know what? Let me get my stuff together. Let me find uh, somewhere else. And now in the future, let me start looking for places where maybe community is more of a priority to me rather than maybe if the place has a balcony or a fireplace or if they have, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Use this time as a lesson to reprioritize where you will pick pick your next place, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and that's been a theme in my life that every wrong situation that that I've been in, as soon as I've realized it was wrong, often it quit me. If I didn't have the wisdom at that point, right, if I didn't have the wisdom to remove myself from that situation, then, uh, you know, I would get sick or I would get fired from the two and a half jobs that I had in my whole entire life or, uh, you know, something would happen that that friend that I knew was was a friend of me would just suddenly not be there anymore. I didn't have to do anything because when you raise your energy and you, and you make a commitment to stand in your power, then it's always polarizing. It's going to draw in the right people and the right energy, but it's also going to repel that uh, the wrong right uh, thing and energy. So yeah, if, if that place, you know, if that guy's willing to, to break the law to kick you out, then then chances are it's it's not a, a good situation in the first place. So um, uh, Jonathan, welcome to the, the stream. Now I know who you are, by the way, we just had a conversation. That's so good. And he said the human experience is a test. What do you what do you think of that? Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, um, I'll put it like this. It appears to be some form of simulation of cause and effect and testing along the way. If it's not objectively that, I believe it is a benefit and a service to the individual to see it that way. Because I don't think that it causes a lie to be created. It doesn't, it's, there's no detriment to seeing the world that way, unless I believe you slip into a place where you, where you no longer find any enjoyment in certain moments, right? Because that was what I find when you start to look at the simulation as a test, you know, creation as a test, oftentimes you can slip into not just being in the moment and enjoying the, the certain states of enjoyment and euphoria that we do have here, right? The certain states of love and connection and just enjoying ourselves and the environment, right? So there has to be that balance there. You know, you are in a very beautiful place where there is beautiful people and, 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 um, you know, the ability to co-create and there's also a constant level of testing that's going to be done within that, you know? So yeah, it's like a video game, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've also heard it said that uh, it's not God testing you. That's 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 satanic. That's that's the evil side, right? That I don't I don't think our creator gets off on on uh, creating challenges and let's see how she does, right? Like we'll make it hard for her and then and then we'll see how she does, uh, you know. And and I guess there, you can also make the distinction between tests of 
of faith where instead of selling yourself for the million dollar job, you're, you're going to go, okay, well, I'll, I'll live on my laurels and I'll work hard for, for that money or I'll, you know, do something that's of benefit to others. So there might be different meanings of the word test. And it actually, the word test comes down to um, the, the root of, of testosterone and, and, and all of the sure. other words that go along with that, right? Testify. Testify. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. They, so they would say, you know, only a man could testify. And if you would testify, you would have to hold your testicles. And if you were found to be a liar, we would cut them off. Right. So the idea behind that is, um, you know, obviously, again, holding a position and standing on what's true and what's right. And you really believing and knowing and having a conviction. Right. The word conviction is the same deal. You know, the ancient Egyptian God would weigh your heart to find out the justice, you know, because if you really believe in something, if you really have a conviction, you know, you really can't be convicted because you believe you're doing right, you know. So, again, courts of law are all about navigating a, a, a situation which you really can't navigate. It's like trying to do the impossible because you can never really determine all the facts of the case. We're just listening to everybody, feeling the energy, looking at the facts and evidence and going, okay, chances are this happened. But again, if you're uh, um, uh, beyond beyond a reasonable doubt, right? The, the preponderance of evidence has to be beyond a reasonable doubt, or else you're deemed to be uh, innocent. So I don't know how I got off uh, onto this onto this uh, rant, but you had said something there that triggered something, and then I let it go and I forgot it. But I don't know if you remember what you had said. No, it's just the nuance of 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 test and and you know a, a test from God, a challenge. You're your hero's journey versus the test of, of, you know, sort of satanic lure into doing what okay. you don't want to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I look at it as whoever, whatever, you know, created all this, the simulation, uh, the evil, you know, the, 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 the dark forces are, like I said, the necessary evil. They're like, they're like the court, the judge, jury, and executioner who are going to give you an effect right? Based on a cause. There's, it's just, it's just a, a conscripted being, a group of beings who are there to test you and show you what you will get if you live like this as an individual and as a society, right? So I don't see them. I see them as, I see God and Satan in a sense as two sides of the same coin or as Satan as a, as a, as a, a functionary of what we call God, right? Like as if to say, Give these people whatever they want, free choice into good and evil, right? Like it says, knowledge of good and evil. Give it all to them and allow them to choose for themselves who and what they want to be with in eternity, right? So it's a free choice simulation where you have access to evil and you will get that as a way of experience to learn. Is this really fulfilling? Do you really enjoy this? Is this really your highest good and potential and what you're here to do? You know, and if you can answer that honestly, then sure. But most people, you know, they're caught up in sickness, delusion, perversion, evil. It's just the word live backwards. If you live backwards for long enough, you will become evil because your sense of right and wrong and what you're willing to do and not do just becomes perverted. Right. There you go. Uh, we have Benjamin on the uh, the Rockfin, Benjamin Balderson. And, and I don't know. Uh, he said he said he, he can. Uh, yes, I can fuck with this dude. <laughs> So I don't know, if ben, <laughs> ben, if you want to jump on, you'd be welcome to. I, I'd have to share a link with you to the StreamYard. No pressure. If that was a, if that was a, uh, an offer to come on, I'm going to share the link with you here. 
There you go. That would be fun. And uh, yeah, I mean, free will is is something that we have. I also I also really wondered about that. You know, there's the the tree of life, and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And I think they badly named that or renamed. I believe it's the tree of life and the tree of death, because that's mm-hmm. what we're always forced to choose. Do we do we go for the thing that gives life or do we go for the thing that sucks the life out that is is you know moving us with fear thinking oh we'll be safe when and that's that's a different meaning of necessary evil. I have to choose this harm, this loss in order to be safe later. And sure. uh, and Benjamin's going to come on. <laughs> He's, he tells us so that's that's fun. Oh, what a great surprise. This is super we good. Truth the life and the way, right? We talk about mm. the truth the life and the way, even back to the Tao Te Ching is the way. Truth the life and the way. All those that hate me love death. Right? So those that are again, the abuse begets abuse. If you're brought up in a madhouse surrounded by abusers, you will start to love abuse. You will start to accept abuse and dysfunction as a baseline set of circumstances there are many people in relationships who can't exist in a relationship where there's peace and love because all they've ever known is is forms of death right forms of suffering death and destruction so their baseline their norm is abnormal right and that's the adaptation of the human vessel and what it can do that's our our greatest strength and our greatest weakness is we can adapt completely and become part of evil and sickness right so Exactly. You know. And even more heinous than that is when they pair up the, the pain and pleasure, for example. And that's that's the way of trauma-based mind control, that mm-hmm. if, if they only gave you pain, it probably wouldn't work. At some point, the being might rise up and go like, no, that's just not my beautiful life. But when they put the two together, the thing that you want and the thing you don't want, and marry them in your psyche, so you can't even split them apart. Going for pleasure means going for pain in that example. That's then, what drugs are, right? It's right. Exactly. Bondage. Vice That's and right. bondage is all about whether it's sexual behaviors, drug behaviors. And we all struggle with these things in a fleshly form. But they're all different forms of tests at times, right, to me, of, um, you know, where the ruling faculty is, is moving toward. You know, so we strive not to we strive to cause as little loss, injury and harm to ourselves and our fellow man and woman as possible. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, it's an all time high. I was, I was hearing about when they do experiments on animals, which is awful that they do that. But um, <clears throat> when they are in sort of regular natural settings, able to interact with each other and be in their, you know, little mouse community or whatever it is, then they don't go for the addictive thing, but you put them in isolation and they junk out on the addictive thing, right? And that's that's kind of where people are at at this point and why I feel so strongly about creating community that, uh, you know, even, even if we're, I feel more connected than ever since the days when they've been trying to separate us out from each other and it goes a long way, right? I even working, I'm so, so grateful for my business right now because I can go and just, I have a, a, a reason to go and 100% focus on nothing but solutions and helping people come out of it. Feel I feel like a million dollars. I have way more energy <laughs> for all this other stuff. And, you know, that's how, that's how we just keep helping each other not uh, be that rabbit or that, uh, that mouse eating sugar all day or whatever worse. Could, could come. Where's Ben? He's coming. He's coming. <laughs> well, that's going to be the new the new world, right? Like the great reset is we're going to go into a, sp- a space where we're going to make a living off 
learning and teaching others how to live again, right? That's where the, it's going to be that sort of co-creative rather than make a living off playing a role in somebody else's life and living, we're going to have to, you know, become that again. We are the living, you know, we, we, we create the living because we are the living, right? Not killing ourselves and becoming the living dead in order to make a financial living. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. I like Jonathan's point. You are priceless. I always say that, right? You can't, when, when people get stuck in, in, in the world of uh, business, which I coach in, they're, well, I, I, I don't know how to value myself. It's like, no, no, that, that job's already done. You're priceless. There will never be a price on you. But what can you value? The work that you do, the, sure. the results that you help people get, the, the hours and hours and hours you spent creating solutions for other people, that can be valued. And as long as we're in a commerce situation, then, then uh, you, know, you, can, you can come up with how is this going to transfer, transform someone's life? Like, for example, we've got the Choose Freedom Law Summit by donation. We could just have it all free. It was free for six weeks. Now it's by donation. For as little as 10 bucks, you get access to the 25 interviews we've already done and all the future ones to come as well. Uh, and that, that little commitment for people is, is important because we live in commerce. And, uh, you know, if, if they don't have any investment in something, whether it's energy, time, work, or, or the paper dollars that we are currently working with that won't, we won't be working with for much longer, then the tendency is not to value and not to, to use that. So having said that, if anyone wants to join the Choose Freedom Law Summit and 10 bucks is a big deal to you, now we get it. I do have a freebie link, so just reach out to me and let me know about that. There are in the show notes below, and uh, Paul's interview is there as well. There's a whole bunch of just reams of good stuff. Well, um well, you, you know, if you want to get educated, that's the thing. I'm, I'm so glad we did the summit. It was such a good foresight because now we're rallying people in Manitoba and, and they all need to educate. There's many people that want to take action, but if you don't have some knowledge, you're not going to be able to stand. You won't be able to hold your position. Sure. And I think a lot of this too is just creating that space of community and inspiration to where we all don't have to know everything or even we just have to know certain things, right? What's true enough and then act on that. And then we have to be able to reconvene and come together and say, okay, we're all here again. We're all still doing the work. We're all still focused on the purpose. You know, we don't forget what we're all here doing, you know, and that's what this all is. So again, it's about, you know, um, giving to and, and, and supporting and creating with these people, places and things that will benefit us as a whole going forward. You know, and I mean, we all do it. You know, I buy certain clothes and certain brands and certain things that I'm sure my money is being used, you know, towards certain things that I don't know what it's going towards. So we have to re uh, invest in ourselves and in our community and those in the community who are creating new platforms and new media. Right. If you spend an hour or two listening to me and Beth or whoever else and you get something out of it, give something to it. You know, that helps to support uh, all of us. And what we're doing here rather than giving it to maybe well we're not going to bring up big names you know but certain flicks channels like you watch flicks flicks this flicks that you know give your money to people who <laughs> who you can respect and uh, are helping create a vision and a media and a form of entertainment which really isn't entertainment you know it's like we can marry both where people can feel good and be entertained and have a good time while also rising in consciousness and frequency and, and having that energy you know, that purpose. 
Exactly. Yeah, taking the thing that was intended to, to uh, entertain us, right, to hypnotize mm. us, and uh, and use it for good. To, like you said, inspire people, raise consciousness, come up with solutions, share our uh, ideas and connect with each other, especially, right? I always hope my platforms are, are a way for people to make at least one good friend in the truth community, because you have a lot of stories coming that people are isolated and they don't have support. It seems like literally everybody that comes into our world is saying that I don't have a single person. I'm the only person in my family that didn't get the jab. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, so it's, it's pretty hard to hold your position. Do you agree when, when you don't have support? around you i mean it can be but again a lot of that has to do with with the internal state and where you're at on your journey because um it oftentimes takes an extreme event for me to get in that space and i almost very quickly uh i, I regain my center and i because again i have to go back to i know who i am and why i'm here and the purpose and i know what being a man is and i know what that entails and what the responsibility and account Knowing all those things and holding to it means I don't really have many choices, you know, and when I do screw up, I still don't have any choices other than to accept it and do better, you know. So I, I oftentimes don't get into those spaces of feeling alone or like I'm the only one, especially too now with this platform. I would encourage anybody, start talking, push your, push your comfort zone, push past your boundaries, get on camera and start ranting. Who cares? It's COVID-19 season anyway. Everyone's losing their mind. Take advantage of it. Get outside your comfort zone. What you will find is opening those doors is people will be attracted to you. And then you're going to say, wow, these are some crazy mentally ill people attracted me. Yeah, you attract to them what you are. Now get to work. Because <laughs> that's what happened with me. We're all sick in different ways. We're all lacking in different ways. We all have abundance in different ways. Right? So it's just about getting together, observing, being a student of life, communicating, and getting ourselves and each other back to a place where we can respect ourselves and each other and the community and our lifestyle and the way that we present, right? There's no separation from any of us. Mm -hmm. I couldn't love We're never that alone. More. I couldn't love that more. That's amazing, right? And that's the advice that I would give clients to to just get out there. Don't sit don't sit on whatever you have like an egg thinking it's going to hatch by itself. It's not like that. You get out there before it's perfect, before it's finished, before you feel like you have everything figured out because you're you're going to right away learn first of all what you don't know, you'll, you'll learn what you don't know really fast. You'll be highly motivated because you've got people there that actually want to learn from you. You will get that reflection. That point is, is like gold, Paul, because you get that reflection of who you are by who shows up, right? There were, in my early days, I would get a lot of attacks <laughs> and takedowns and insults and people complaining and all that kind of thing. And it literally was, first of all, I couldn't, I, I wasn't around my people, but it was the, the inner work that needed to be done inside myself but it's a big part of your people too when you're when you're not totally authentic when, when you don't come out and share who you are and speak your truth then you're going to be letting in all kinds of people that actually don't vibe with you because they can't see they can't see your vibe you're, you're not exposing yourself but as soon as I came clean and it really it was this past 18 months that did it okay the gauntlet's off I'm there's absolutely no reason for me to hide anything anymore and uh, and it's it's attracted the most beautiful community, where it, it, it's it's such a gift. Every time I read a comment, it's it's supportive. It's it's adding to the situation, not taking away. It's very rare now that I get any kind of a takedown 
whatsoever. It's like, I'm pinch me. Is this real? Because <laughs> I was used to getting attacked all the time. Yeah, I mean, you may at this point, I may get a reflection of the certain pieces of me that are still unhealed, if you want to call it that. You know, like you'll have a guy tell me, you're just an idiot. Nothing you're saying matters. You'll never be successful with this. There's a little piece of me, like I think anybody everywhere, I don't care if it's the greatest anything they do. There's always maybe that little piece of them, that doubting part, you know. So we're always working on getting out of the way because when we look at it again, right, the word respect is respectare in Latin means to take a second look at. When we take a second look at it, I go, no, this isn't true. I know me. I go on my channel and watch me. I know what I am. I know what I'm capable of. I know that just speaking words can inspire so many people, even the people who are supposed to do harm to me and take my rights and freedoms at this point are inspired by me and co-creating with me. So it's like, oh, yeah, I know who and what I am. I remember you can't get me into back into that space where I was, where you still are. Right. You ain't going to drag me down. I'm going to raise you up. You see, and that's the difference. You, it's just through those experiences, through those trials and tribulations, through being tested, right? A man gets introduced to himself. Uh, they say, you know, true test of, of a man is when he's given power or when his back is against the wall. So be given some power in your life or have your back put against the wall. You're going to get introduced to yourself. Once that time comes, do you like what you see? If not, work on it. And then, then there's going to be another time to prove yourself again, right? Life is a proving ground. There's always going to be more times next to prove yourself again. You know, you just have to see it that way. It's about seeing life in a different way. Once the perspective changes, the mode of operation changes. Spoken like a true king hero, right? That's that's the thing because the, the king is the one that's going to, the benevolent king, of course, you got the shadow king, always, it, it's two two sides of the same coin like you were talking about before. And, uh, and, and when, when the benevolent king gets that reflection, they're going to take it in and they're going to see, is, is this useful? Is this true? Uh, is, does it trigger me? Oh, well, then there's some kind of work to be done right here, not out mm. there. Like you're, you know, you're out, although there are times to just simply, you know, block and delete. I've done plenty of that myself, <laughs> <laughs> save some time, block and delete. But if you can take every reflection and use it as a way for you to get stronger and, and more self-aware and know what your triggers are, right? If you know what your triggers are, then you're going to know way more. Your, your enemy won't be able to trip you up nearly as, as easily, right? If, if, well, that's, if it's somebody that's sort of the art of war. Sorry, I thought, you were, I thought you were done there because you kind of froze and then you paused, but that's part of the art of war, right? If your enemy can elicit a reaction out of you, you've lost already. Exactly. That's it. Quote, unquote, the enemy, right? Your adversary, whoever's sitting across from you, because there are, as far as I'm concerned, there are no enemies in this realm. There is only reflections and tests and problems and challenges that present themselves that require a willful solution, right? A disciplined and willful solution. Can we rise to meet that? I don't know. You know, that's the whole point. <laughs> that is the whole point. Exactly. Oh, thanks so much <clears throat> to Christine Moose for the tip on Rockfin. I totally appreciate that. Benjamin says he's downloading Firefox quick so that um, <laughs> he can open that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what your time is like. If you're still able to stay on for a little bit, I, I scheduled myself for another 30 minutes. So is that all right? Yeah, we can hang. Yeah, yeah, we can okay. hang for a little bit. Sure. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, Steffi says that the government isn't evil or an authority over us. It's all deception and perception. We created that, right? It was it was government by the people, of the people, for the people. 
unless, like uh, Benjamin Franklin said, we give you republic if you can keep it. You didn't keep it. You did the opposite. You allowed fear, propaganda, certain people, places, things, and events to influence your understanding of right from wrong, and you allowed that misperception to get you to be involved in co-creating a cause and effect that we're now witnessing, right? So there's only one way out of it. Choose a different cause and effect set of choices that will lead to a different outcome. Is this going to happen overnight? No. Is it going to be easy? No. Are the things that are worth it in life ever happening overnight or easy? No. Right? Did we take thousands of years to create this over and over again? Yes. There's no victims here. Right? So, yeah. We got to sit in that in that space. Because it's a slippery slope if we go to that victim space where we get paralyzed and we don't actually do anything to make a better life for ourselves and others. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I teach about this, the, the victim archetype. Oh, look, we have Benjamin Balderson here. And I want to talk about paper tigers, but we'll save that for another time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Benjamin. I'm bringing you on. No. Benny. Benny Blanco. There you are, Benjamin. So great to see you. Welcome. Hey guys, what's going on, Ben? Ben, you might have, uh, if you can turn your sound off on the video on the other side, we're getting an echo from that, we're, or not an echo, but okay, just. Okay, uh, hold on. Hold on. And they'll notice out there, all the people um, who are yelling at me on the YouTube, I don't vape anymore. Stop that. So you can't yell at me for being part of hurting out. myself. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Help me. I'm playing I'm playing a video somehow and on the video, so it's like double playing. How is this happening? I don't hear it anymore, so I think you fixed it. Oh, no, it's still there. I have no idea what you're talking about there, man. Are you on your computer That's or me. on your phone? Yeah. yeah, I'm on my computer. So I'm not, so this is part of why I'm completely handicapped. I'm sorry, guys. It's nice to meet you, Paul. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> You no as well, Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, it would be a Rockfin tab on your browser can, uh, that's open, and you might have been in a different browser. Now you're now you're on um, what you would call it Firefox. So if you had Brave open, for example, maybe that's where your Rockfin is. And he's timing out. He appears to have shape shifted and transformed himself into a spinning icon. <laughs> which is an amazing feat. I'd like to know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, superpower, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Jonathan, the shift in consciousness, that's what we're doing here. Oops, <laughs> that. Yeah, shift in consciousness. It's, that's, that, that's, I don't know, 90% of the work, right, that, that we have to do. And, uh, oh, I was going to talk about the victim just for a minute while, while Ben's setting himself up. That uh, you know, that I I do I do feel there are th there are things like victims that uh, you know when when somebody is not given informed consent, which is not possible. It's not even possible based on what is uh, available to us. There's not enough information for that. Then uh, you know if the, if they if they go ahead and and harm themselves based on some authority. You know anyway we've talked about authority, but it's someone telling them that they. They should yes. do that. It's safe and effective. And Ben is here. Yay. I'll stop talking about my point. <laughs> Hello, Ben, you made it. And we don't hear background. So that's awesome. This is Paul Enslaved. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have met in uh, in any other platform at this stage, but uh, I we have not. But uh, 
I was listening and color me impressed. I, I enjoy where you went. Appreciate you. That's you awesome. Bet. And uh, so what was it that inspired that, that comment when you said, uh, yep, I can fuck with this dude? I think it was. <laughs> oh, I, he was going on uh, about uh, where most people, it was the good and evil section, which is just, was just wonderful. You know, most people want to turn everything real religious and understand and have this understanding that, oh, this other team's evil and I'm good. And all that is, is at that point, picking a team. You're not even trying to take responsibility for your actions. It ends up becoming more of a, am I on the good team or the bad team? Here's good guys and get bad guys. And that's, there's no nuance to that whatsoever. It, it's how are you living your life all day, every day that's going to determine who you are. You don't get to just get a free ticket into I'm on the good side. And the whole thing with the tree of good and evil and the tree of uh, life, well, it's understanding that this is all a very biological thing. And on my show with Crow, I talk about this, where, can you get the dogs? Um, where the tr you have two trees, and one's up here and one's down here. And up here, they consider it a sheep because this is a, a pure your pure seed that hasn't been through anything, but it also doesn't have any body or any reality to it. It's like an idea. And that goes through this entire process to become reality and gain this body. And when it gets down there, then you sacrifice that side in order to go back up into the purity of it. Cause now that you've reached a reality and lived through this process, you're like, yeah, you know, some of those parts of that thing, those were good ideas, but some of them not so much. So we're going to get rid of those, go back to this other side. It's not really about good and evil. It's about this cyclical process of understanding. And you're only going to find a place in that by living it. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely, I, 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 he has a different way of presenting it, but again, many people do, but it's the same principle, right? It's yep. spirit and flesh. It's, it's the, you know, and again, we put this spin on it with our perception of what bad and evil is. But if we look at it from the experiential place as a teacher, that's where I go with it, right? We take on the flesh to experience what it's like to have a push pull experience, to have compulsions, to have reactions. And then over time, we learn how to master the self, right? And that's what the simulation to me is all about, is self-mastery. It's not about viewing it as this or that. It's understanding we all come in with the same self and the same hidden self, right? We are non-being and we use being. And the beingness aspect of us has a little bit of tweaking that has to be done, you know, through the journey of life. And it doesn't matter how many of us come here. We always have to keep learning over and over again, you know, so... Yeah, I, I think it's I think that's that to me is evidence of the one truth is you could take people from all over the world at different times in history and everyone's come to the same understanding and may even present it differently. But when we get to the to the to the core of what it is, it's the same vision and understanding, you know, and experience. What do you think, Ben? Oh, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. That's why uh, the same story is presented in so many different ways with different cosmologies. But you can find, if you look at the root mechanics of it, 
you find that the same story applies. The same basic thing happens. The names are different and the way it's done is slightly different, but it's basically the same. Well, that's just because different people understand things differently. Paul's going to have some people that heard what he just said and go, yeah, absolutely. And thanks. And think what I said was gibberish and vice versa. It, it it's just depends on what clicks with who. So it's beautiful that there's, you know, three people right here all presenting and trying to get it across to people. And the fact is, is out of a hundred people listening, some are going to completely identify with what Paul said. Some are going to identify with Beth as she's, as she's listening to that. And some are going to identify with me. It's, it's wonderful. It's the root idea that is, is perfect that we're trying to do this thing and get to the nature of who we are and follow this more natural course instead of this course that they've tried to set for us. And, and however you want to present that, it's beautiful. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what about in those situations where you come up against what by all appearances is evil. Now, Ben, I don't know if you don't want, if you want to talk about it at all. Stop me if it's out of turn. But but you you had a situation recently where uh, something your your land was encroached on. You know, I haven't talked since then. Are are you open to share about that at all? And and what that was like for you? Is, and did it feel like coming up against evil? That was that was nuts. That was nuts, right? Um, so for any, anybody that doesn't know, what happened was. I, I live in Humboldt County. And so, you know, which is, I, I literally live what they uh, historically have called the Emerald Triangle, where the pretty much 95% of the marijuana in the country has been grown. I live smack dab in the middle of that triangle. <laughs> like, <clears throat> I'm, I'm within a few miles of Mendocino County, a few miles of Trinity County, and I live in Humboldt County. So... I, I'm just right there. And uh, well, what people don't realize is with the legalization of marijuana, when it was illegal, the police forces, they've got so many different tasks that they're expected to do. So they're only allotted so much money in order to go after the people that were doing illegal marijuana grows. And given that the general sentiment in California was it's not really hurting anybody, they were not allowed allotted a lot of money. Now that it's went legal and they're trying to get their big business friends to take everything over, the we're looking at regulators. And regulators have tons of funds. Plus, you, you refill their coffers as they're raiding and everything. So where the police would only come and raid a handful of people, and those were the ones that were the most out of line, the regulators, they come and they, it's just like a, it's just like running through with a swath or just whoosh, they clear everything. So they went and smashed every farm uh, uh, anywhere near me. And in doing this, I have a building and what's messed up is there's a large tree row that is really hard to cross in between my building and the next grow. But they just decided, you know, the cop, they as soon as they get all antsy and they're pantsy they just run around and just start smashing things and don't care about whose it is or what they're doing so i went chart i heard i'm standing up here and my grandsons were actually visiting me at the time so the first thing we do my wife my wife looks out back and sees a bunch of uh, I, I mean it was crazy there was 25 cars worth of cops 
um, out back. And they oh were God. all wearing body armor, you know, semi-auto, you know, or fully auto. I don't know what police use, but, you know, ARs or uh, whatever, model M8s, whatever they're using now. Um, so they all rifled up, all body armored up, staging in the backyard. And Christy comes out and she's like, there is a bunch of cops in the backyard. So we're like, what the hell? So I look in the backyard and... Uh, we go and we call the dogs in, of course, because, you know, California. And uh, then we call the grandsons in and we lock the house down. And so we're just sitting here and I'm like, no big deal. I'm not growing. I'm not doing anything illegal. So I'm sitting here and all of a sudden it sounds like a shotgun goes off down below where my lab is. And I've got cows down there and everything. So I go charging down there. And I catch two cops holding a battering ram, smashing the door of my lab. I'm like, so I go running down there and I'm like, what the hell are you people doing? And uh, some, uh, so the excuse that they were using to raid everybody's property was the EPA. And uh, they're saying these groves are too close to waterways because, you know, mountains are leaking little streams everywhere, depending on what time of year it is. And so, and that goes down into the eel. And so they're making this EPA nonsense excuse. And so they get all hoity-toity with me and turn around like our job. And I looked at us and I screamed and I was like, there is property lines. They're on the county website. This isn't all just one property. And uh, the, all of a sudden the lady just threw it up and all the little EPA people went running away to the other side of the field. And the cops came and made a line in front of me. And this uh, cop, he comes up and threatens to arrest me. And I looked at him and I said, why? Because you're doing illegal things. And I said so. And he goes, do I need to put handcuffs on you? And I thought in my head, well, that's just basically the same thing you just said in different words. But I looked at him, I said, it's not illegal to say that. And he goes, you're going to spend the rest of the afternoon in my car. And it was like 110 that day. And I was like, well, now I'm going to walk away because fuck that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, not that I'm worried about fighting with you people at Corp. I don't want to spend an afternoon in a damn cop car. I'll end up like a dead dog. Um, and so I go walk, I go walking away. Well, they get off my property after I leave because, you know, then the cop tried denying that they're the ones that hit my door and everything. I'm like, I saw you. <laughs> I'm th I live through the trees right up there. <laughs> you know, like, oh, my God. Um you know, which again, as Paul was saying, where I, I don't believe in good or evil myself. Am I opposed to what they did? Absolutely. In their minds, their state authorities were the evil people. These people are legally growing marijuana and not paying taxes and not being good upstanding citizens and, and poisoning the waterways because they aren't paying taxes and taxpayer poison is entirely different than non-taxpayer poison. Um, <laughs> so, you know, all these, yeah, yeah, you know, as soon as you pay taxes on it, all of a sudden you're a good old boy. But uh, even the Humboldt Sheriff's been on TV numerous times and saying if they just pay their taxes, last year when I got evacuated for the fires, they would not let me back in to feed and water my animals and make sure they were safe. But they let the guys that were the tax-paying big grows in to water their plants. Oh, oh and it happened in Boulder Creek also, apparently, when they got evacuated. You know, you remember Steve Poikinen, 
Um, Steve was up here evacuated like a few weeks before we got evacuated. Um, so are they evil? I, I wouldn't call them evil. I'd say I'm definitely opposed to the system that they're in. And that's the whole thing is, is then now I have to stand on my own rightness. Like this, these are my rights you're standing against. And I need to understand that these are encroaching, invading forces. And I, I, I'm not going to get on, like I said, the good evil kick, uh, you know, because then anytime you do that, uh, all that does is create the dark ages. It really does. You know, when you start getting too, too religious about things and too good evil. But definitely I'm against that. And I think any person that wants to have their own privacy and property also should be against that, you would think. So as a force, we need to stand together against the forces that basically think that you should give everything over to Big Brother so that way you can be safe. What we have here is the age-old fight of Prometheus fire. Prometheus gave us fire. Half the society wants to give it back and just fall down in servitude and be sheep to the gods. And the other half wants to have their free will and do as they choose and be able to thumb their nose at the gods or be able to worship if they choose. But half a society doesn't think we should be able to have that choice. And that's where we're at right now with everything, basically. Half a society thinks big government's God and they want to give away all their free wills, all, all their privacy, their bot, their even down to their basic bodily uh, control. Being able to say what I, they've already told you what you can't put in your body by making laws against plants and alcohols and, you know, whatever else they deem that they want to make illegal. Now they're moving it on to what you have to put in your body. You, now you must do this. So you don't even have bodily autonomy, much less any other. And so many people are cheering that. They don't want the responsibility of free will. What do you think, Paul? Anything to add or say? I mean, yeah, he, he pretty much summed it up. I mean, that's the one thing that <clears throat> produces the most insecurity within the individuals having to be fully responsible and accountable for where they are and where they're going. You know, it's it, it, it the psychology seems to produce a level of security when folks are led. You know, that's where I guess the sheep uh, archetype comes out of is that the sheep prefers the the sheepdog barking at its heels just enough fear to get him moving and motivated and the sheep prefers the uh shepherd who builds the stable and takes care of the fencing and makes everybody feel nice and safe and tucked in and you know never really occurs to them that um the fence is to keep them in, not to keep the wolves out. I guess the fence is a dual purpose, you know, has to appear to have a dual purpose for it to be effective. But yeah, I mean, it's a lot, it, it appears to be of a lot more difficult life to the individual to say, well, I'm responsible for protecting myself and my property and my things and my country and my freedom and my rights. I would rather delegate that and abdicate that responsibility to somebody else and that's what always happens in every civilization all throughout history and that's how we wind up where we are because again the one universal law is we are all responsible and accountable for ourselves and like the founder said if you don't get involved and plato said that you know thousand whatever years ago 
if you don't get involved in your own government, whatever government is, you don't get involved in it. You'll be governed by your inferiors. So keep voting, keep giving your power away. Um, you keep getting the same results. You know, if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. And one thing that we've always done and always gotten throughout human history is chaos, bondage, and slavery because we refuse to walk our own path individually. Think for ourselves, you know, free our mind and heart, reconnect with the resource and, um, you know, research, right? Seek the truth and you'll be set free and then act, you know, act upon that, become Christed, become like the being who we call Christ, um, standing against uh, big government, big banks, big religions, if they seek to be a detriment to mankind, right? If they seek to work with mankind and co-create a kingdom of heaven here, we can have all the nice, pretty things I, I, I would want to believe. Maybe we can't, you know, but I think we can have all the things that we have. We just have to orient it using our ruling faculty, which is conscience, right? Principles. I'd love to clarify a point with you guys about, you know, the, the analogy of the sheep that just want to be tucked in at night and uh, have a clear boundary about where they can go and where they can't go. <laughs> that, that, that's, uh, you know, that would be, that would be fine, right? But, but the, the, they're not, they're not just being that actual parents that if they were a real a real caretaker then that's beautiful right <laughs> you you have animals ben you you know that that's a that's a big job for you to make sure that those those animals ha have a, a not just that are alive but have a good life and and that it's a, a mutual uh, exchange there so you know but, but but they're they're they want to kill the sheep they want they want to uh they're taking the sheep down there's there's i don't think anybody here would argue that there isn't harm intended in, in a in a really weaponized uh, conscious way it's not just like oops <laughs> put put all those nasty ingredients in in your arm sorry about that it's not like that so you know and we don't live in that world anymore that the sheep are okay with us being outside of the fence they're not okay with that if, if, because we're, we're perceived as a danger to their quote-unquote safety that's not safe at all so I don't know if you guys want to pick up on any threads in there. Go ahead, Ben. So it's interesting that you say that about my farm because my farm's at all, not at all like most farms. And and most people and anybody that's been into one of my farm, and that's been quite a few people now, will immediately say that. Um, most farms now, they have a completely neutered farm where the entire farm is locked down and these animals are kept in such a caged, isolated um, situation. The farmers aren't really having to deal with things that you would think. Now, like there's a difference between walking in to a herd of sheep that's a herd of ewes. And, and I know this is going to sound sexist and everything. Do not take it this way, people. Because the fact is, is this is just an animal fact. If I walk into a herd of ewes... The U's are going to do what I want. Now, for me to get a, a really, really uh, aggressive buck, an alpha male, to do what I want, I'm going to have to be one hell of a shepherd. I'm going to have to, there, there's going to be a battle of wills between me and that dude probably numerous times. And if I do something that he thinks is out of line, that he thinks is dangerous, he's not going to follow me no more. He, his following me <laughs> is only going to go to the point of him deciding, 
fuck that. So it's a different type of thing. Like I, my bowl is always with my cows. My male goats are all, all have their own nuts. I have four male goats with nuts running around my farm right now. I have four male pit bulls with nuts running around my farm right now. That is an entirely different thing than what most people are talking about anymore. They set up these extremely passive situations. Now, because of that, the, the life and the genetics of these animals, they don't thrive like my animals. My animals are strong and thriving. Like you've met Tyr. What kind of a beast is that dude, right? The ham hocks on him are like this. Like every animal on my farm is just these giant thriving things because I let them live a very natural life because I am beast enough to run this. I am the alpha male. When that damn bull stares me in the eye, I look at him and say, back the fuck off, dude. And he does straight out. And that's a no fear life. You can't be. Uh, it, it's funny because I've got this uh, alpaca. And alpacas are basically a sheep with a long neck and way better hair. And we have this one. Yeah, literally, when you shave them, their bodies are basically a big alpaca is only about 170 pounds, a big male. So an average alpaca is only rolling in at 150. It's basically a sheep. Um, and we have this one male. And if a, 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 a beta male comes on, a human comes onto our property, Buddy will sniff them out and try to hump them. He will chase them down and try to hump a human. Like, mm, you my bitch. Like, <laughs> and I end up having to go chase off and fight with the alpaca. Because, like, one time I even had to grab him by his lamb chops and, like, groom just like, Urgh! and then him and I, then it, my wife just thought this part was the greatest because then he spit right in my face, which immediately then I spit back in his because <laughs> that's how alpacas argue. And we end up spitting at each other until I got him to, it's, I'm in control here. But... <laughs> This is where we've entered this safe world and everything about us has to be safe. Everything about us has to be neutered because we need to be safe. We don't. And so what we've done is just become extraordinarily weak, weak people. It's really horrible in it. And now it's in the reason that they've gotten this to this point is they need you to. Okay. A hundred years ago, we had two reactions to danger, fight or flight. That's what you had. That's what we were taught in school was fight or flight. But any danger that we had was real danger. We didn't really have perceived danger. Now, take it, now think about everything you've looked at since you were a kid. Everybody's watched TV, and in TV, they've done everything they can to evoke every human emotion you can have including like a uh, a horror movie. If you've seen some dude with a ski mask coming up with a fucking machete, your immediate reaction would be to run. But now you've got this trained reaction to sit and freeze. And this is what we have done now as a society. We, instead of, and that's made us an emotional people because emotion is the exact opposite of motion. When you, when you start heavily feeling something, you don't feel that when you're out doing. If I'm taking action on something, I'm not stopping and having these heavy feelings. 
Emotion is a byproduct of not being able to put turn something into motion. And Energy so, and motion. We're just, yes, exactly. Exactly. So we're just going to sit there now and freeze and turn everything into emotion. And that's what they want as a society. They don't want this a society that is going to stand up and rise up and say, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this shit. They don't want a society that has big testicles hanging underneath their underneath their legs going, you know what? I'm not going to do that just because I don't fucking feel like it. Like my bull likes to do to me occasionally. Just last night, as a matter of fact, he they escaped, got over into the neighbors because some of my neighbors, they had a little grow that they left that they, after they cut their grow, they came back and put a couple little plants. And my cows are, of course, right there. So I go flying over there. And I and I get up to the bull and he looks up at he looks at me, he goes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I and I look, I was like, ah, oh, you motherfucker. So I reached down and I grabbed this pole that was next to me. I yeah, do what I say. Turn your ass around. And then he's got to turn around, but he's gonna test me. They don't want us to test. They want us to immediately bow. And they've even the people that are gonna stand up, they've went and taught them. To all be passive protesters, you know. Oh, violence begets violence. You know. Apparently, these people did not watch the Occupy Wall Street protests, where all these passive white, mostly white hippie kids, sat literally on their hands, literally sat on their hands, and the police went <laughs> and unloaded all their back fucking stock of pepper spray right in those kids' faces, just all day until that was over. It was, you know, it's, they don't want you to stand up. They want you to do that. They want you to passively sit and let them overrun everything. The society that stands up and shakes its head and says, nah, nah, they don't like you. Yeah, I hear you, Ben. Anything you wanted uh, to respond to that, Paul? And now I have one comment as well. Yeah, I mean... I definitely can see how the whole thing is sort of a movie and a play out and everyone serves their function. I do agree with him, but in a sense, everyone serves their function because the folks who are, and not that I'm waiting for this and wanting it to come to this, it just seems to be the cycle that unfolds throughout history. People are watching what's going on on the cameras and all the events and they're starting to get more and more disenchanted, more and more, um, angry and aggrieved starting to feel like something must be done so for all the kids who sat there and did nothing there's two responses people are going to say look at these kids sitting there doing nothing acting like cowards but they're civilly they're trying to do civil disobedience but the other reaction is look at how cowardly those officers are and how they're dealing with them and acting with them just because they think they can people out there who know that they're not going to do it to them they're getting more and more aggravated. It's going to get to the point, just like if you go to prison where six guys come to your cell. At a certain point, people start ganging up together or the individual just says, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to fight for mine because you're not going to continue to take more and more from me and abuse me longer and longer. It's just, you know, we're done. You know, and other people around who see that, they're going to say, yeah, you know what? That's right. We are done. You know, and even if it's not, it feels good as an individual to finally say it's scary. You know, it's definitely scary, but it feels good to finally say, 
yeah, you know what? I'm going to opt out. I'm going to take my participation out of harming myself and other people around me. And if you're going to try to get me to do it, you're going to have to make me do it. And if you make me do it, it's not going to be a simple process. Right. But again, <clears throat> I don't think anybody's looking forward to that. You know, I, I'll speak for myself. I'm not looking forward to any physical altercations with anybody anywhere. I want to love and be loved. But again, like they say, the cliche says throughout history, sometimes the, the time comes where good loving people have to do bad things to bad people to get them to stop, you know? So I guess that uh, hopefully we get resolution, right? Before we get revolution, which is just a complete circle. And then nobody really wins, you know? We may get a reset, but nobody really wins in that. It would be nice if somehow humanity could bridge the gap and communicate top to bottom, whoever's on the top, top echelons, all the, whatever you want to consider them to be. If we could all just come together under one truth and one understanding, but maybe that's not the point here. Maybe they are serving their function. Maybe it is the point to continue to just do this, you know, thousands of years over and over again, the same cycle and simulation and certain people get put here and live here in order to perform that function, you know? So we just play our part and uh, we keep moving see where it goes, you know, enjoy the ride, no. I guess. You're right. No, you're, you're right. A hundred percent. We, we are supposed to rise above that, which is what Beth alluded to that we could possibly have with a society with leaders that care where she's talking about, except for those people that need to not be sheep. They need to be wolves. They need, like I said, with on my farm, that bull, he's not going to let me lead him unless I'm leading him right. And that's the whole thing. We can't become a society of sheep who blindly lets anybody lead us. We'll just follow no matter what. We can't be those yous that'll just go and not even look at what's going on. We need to be aware and, and, and accountable. So that way, if the leader does something that is not good, we don't get to just sit back and say, yeah, but he was in charge. You know, you're still accountable for having followed that dumbass plan. And, and that's where we need to be. That's the problem. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's I mean, it. ironically, it's the, same exact, it's the same exact thing. The you, the animals you're talking about never really can be governed unless they consent. Because they can always put up a fight and always say, screw you. And you can never really get them under control that's not done from within. So all control is first, like the word enslavement. Meant is mind. As the mind goes, the man follows. So all government that's any kind of legitimate has to be self-government first because it has to be the individual saying, well, I see that path. I see where you want to go. It's a little bit scary, but we'll try it out, you know, and then they walk with you. But if not, it's, you know, horns out and, and, and it's, it's not going that way. It, it, all government that's legitimate is self-government. That's the only legitimate form of government is self-government. Everything else is advisement and sort of, uh, I don't want to say coercion. It has a negative connotation, but it's advisement and suggestion, right? Let's go this way, animal. We're going to take this way. The water's down this way. The fence is over here where we're going to eat. You know, it's a benevolent, beneficent activity. It's not deceiving the animal, coercing the animal into a situation where eventually you're going to slaughter them so you can exist off of their demise. 
Yeah, very well said. And and to bring this full circle back, we're we're at the two hour mark. Maybe I have to have you both on again because this was this was complete magic. Ben, Benjamin and I, uh, if you don't know, Paul Benjamin is an alchemist, uh, off gridder, uh, extremely rooted. You know, he's a, a really good demonstration to people that how how to get on the land. And I know since knowing you, I've actually made some really good strides in in that myself and got my hands in the soil and 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 feel much more grounded as a result. And so here we are in in the day when this this alpaca we we you know it, it we we can't just like put them in a headlocker and spit in their face. This is all in in the legal realm on paper, right? It, it and their their laws what they hold against Why? us, which they don't. Why can't well, we put them in a headlock and spit in their face? <laughs> here we go. Here we go. <laughs> No, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I, you know, like, 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 we don't want to, we don't want to become, you want me to get into their realm and play their game. Why would I do that? I hear you. I hear you. Now there's the whole thing, Paul, what do you think of just about remaining in, in, uh, you know, in a place of honor and uh, navigating? I mean, we're, we're fighting, we're fighting for the most part, we're fighting paper. It's our, it's the birth certificate. It's the, it's the, the fiction, the, the deception that we are that fiction. No, actually we're the real thing. And, uh, you know, so, so, so much of this, the, the lawful, process takes place in paper and and I, I argue with it in my own head even though I'm I'm cooperating with it and I'm I'm starting to take action this way and I see people get results this way right it's a way to it's a way to skillfully spit in their face might some people might argue and uh, yeah I mean you you're know. just you're just using the word to rein them in I mean that's all government is like on a car a car governor so the people becomes the governor, the government of the government itself, because each person has a voice and using the voice, you can communicate words which have meaning that uh, is eternal. So this is how we rein them in, because, again, I can have 18 of them in their guns, equipment, all that. When I speak the truth, they put their head down like little ch children, right? Because the cosmic father has now presented himself and made everyone in the room aware of where we all sit in the hierarchy. Because, again, you can't buy that. You can't strap that on, you know, and, and, and there's a joke within there, and I'm not going to get into that because it's supposed to be a family show, although since Benjamin got on, we're getting crazy. But, you know, <laughs> you can't just – you can't strap on manhood, and you can't strap on womanhood, and you can't uh, create something that's not there. And when the real thing appears, the fake in the room becomes aware very quickly of what the dynamic is, and then just ego takes over. You know, well, we're all aware that this is all bullshit and we're all playing a game, but we're going to stick to it now. Okay. You know, again, it's the, the reality is we forget that every being there who just did that is now going to have a consequence for that action. You know, we're oftentimes we slip into the body and the emotion and being in the world. We forget there's a program going on around all of us. If there was an evil would have already taken this place a long time ago because you can't do whatever you want without consequence, even if you don't get caught right in quotes even if you don't get put in front of a court you know and and like i told somebody the other day they tell me well karma is not real this and that everybody thinks they can live in ego you know and i gave the example of john Gotti, who was a guy who lived close to me on long island he was a mafia guy a lot of people know him one day john Gotti's son goes out in the street car comes around the corner and strikes him and kills him you know and people say well that's just a random event an accident maybe Maybe it's just the comeuppance of the life that you live thinking you're going to do whatever you want. I'm the Teflon Don. I have no consequence. And then one day you do. 
you have an event and a moment in time that comes along and checks your ego and forces you to recalibrate, relook at your life, where you're living, what you're doing, what you're involved in. Is life maybe too short? Maybe I should reevaluate who and what I am and how I'm living. So everybody's having to go through the same simulation and the same test over and over again individually so we can collectively get it right. But the word is the key, right? The word is the key until it becomes the sword. It's the time of the, the pen until it's the time of the sword, you know? And when we go to battle, when that time comes, if that time comes, hopefully it doesn't, we will do so regretfully, right? Like I believe it was Sun Tzu who said, we never go into battle happy about it because we've understand that we've come to a position where taking life is the answer. And that means we've become like everything that we were supposedly supposed to be against. So we never revel or, or look forward to harming our fellow man and woman. We go into that with regret only when necessary, like a martial artist, right? A martial artist is taught first to get out of all conflict. Use his voice. Use his mouth first. Your mouth is your best weapon. Get out of conflict. Run if you have to. But if you're given no other choice, you fight with deadly accuracy and precision, and you disable that attack, right? So it's humbleness and humility first. We use our words as our best weapon and they give us no other choice. We deal with the threat, you know, and I hope that all you people out there who are doing wrong, knowing you're doing wrong, are ready to go to battle with good people who know that they're on the right side of history because they fight differently. Right. You're fighting for a paycheck and for ego. People who fight for what's good and what's right, they give their life and their whole existence into it. Right. So, you know, I hope everybody's ready for that. Beautiful, Paul. Wow, so powerful. Ben, do you have anything that you and want to say? I think I think we have to start to close it up because I've got something coming up myself, but I would love to hear. I have any, like a thousand things I'd like to say. Things. I'd ac okay, absolutely go for it. get on and <laughs> do this again. It. Yeah. But uh, from my point of view, um, I'm definitely not saying get violent. But what I am saying is, is if we do a, a, a let's say, million man march rather than doing it to something else, do it as a collective to our own freedom. When the president, when Joe Biden comes out and says, you know, he's losing patience with us not taking his shots. If a million people surround the White House, what the fuck are they going to do? And then when we say we're losing patience with you trying to force your way into our bodies, they're going to back down. Because I'm not saying let's start getting violent, but we need to start reminding them that you're a tiny, tiny, tiny group. Tiny, mm -hmm. tiny. We're, we're hundreds of millions. We don't need to shake guns and come in with tanks and stuff. We need to surround your home, remind you that we are still your neighbors. We are still going to the church that you went to. We are still going to the grocery store. You still have to eat. You still have to go to the hospital when you get sick. We are all here and we won't put up with this shit from you no more. And then they will stop. Yep. Holding them accountable. That's all you're really talking about is in the world, holding them accountable and letting them know that, you know, we're not going to stand for that. No, you know, no is the sacred masculine principle, right? No, you know, we're not going to take it anymore. And, um, if you continue, then you're doing an act of aggression because again, they, what they will say for the longest time is, We've never had anybody come on record and say they didn't want any of this. You know, maybe a few people here and there, but as a whole, nobody's ever resisted. Everybody votes, everybody accepts, everybody complies. 
you have to start having people in mass come on record and say, we don't want this anymore. We're not taking it. If you continue any further, you're doing harm to us. And now it's a different kind of situation. You know? Fantastic, you guys. So fortunate that, that you could meet. I just had the thought and, and, th and there you were and I'll be right there. So it, it's so good. I love I love. It's an happens. honor. Oh, good. Well, it, it's a sign. Appreciate it's you. also a sign, right, when things are... Things are really uh, meant to come together if you want to talk in that new agey kind of thing. But uh, I, I think we should continue the conversation. Absolutely. Maybe I can get with you guys in, uh, in the back end and create another, another uh, thing and we'll come up with a, a good theme to, because honestly, I feel like a million dollars listening to this conversation, just having this kind of power and strength. It's my secret agenda for creating the King Heroes Journey podcast in the first place. We need more strong men. We, of course, we need more strong women, but you know, we all have our place. I cry when we put a, a root cellar in on the weekend. <laughs> it made me cry, right? Like it's just one of those things and uh so yeah it's it's a huge value that you guys get uh, out there you step out you you say your truth you come up yeah uh, you know you meet authority where it's at whatever it is you're dealing with you're not you don't have fear you're not gonna you're not gonna run away or cower i mean there are times i understand paul what you said there are times to do the most strategic thing and uh you know if you if you if they shoot you in the head and you can't help anybody on the other side that's the way those options so, you know, every situation is different. That's another thing that never, never come to this podcast or anybody looking for pat answers, looking for some formula, looking for the, the script or the thing that's going to work in every situation. You never know. All the but situations real quick, are unique. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Beth. I always do that because I'm rude and I'm from New York and I cut people off. But <laughs> I just okay. want to say, because I, I also have short term memory from the reefer and I'll forget. But um uh, and I think I just did see what happened. I think I just, it just, it just <laughs> trying to apologize. I forget what I was going to say. Okay. About fear. It's not about not feeling fear for me. I'll speak for me. You know, maybe Ben is a, you know, he's a crazy, you know, MFer. So maybe he don't have fear. It's not an absence of fear for me. It's about understanding the difference between cowardice and bravery. And it's also not about ego bravery. The definition of bravery for me is, Feeling fear and continuing to do what's right, right? Because if not, it wouldn't be bravery. There'd be no challenge there. That's what bravery is. I feel fear and I continue to do what's right. So I want everyone out there to understand if they're feeling fear, they're not different from me or anybody else. From my understanding, there's always going to be certain levels of trepidation, anxiety, anticipation, fear. The question is, can you continue to do what's right when you're feeling that? Because cowardice is when you feel fear and you abandon your principles. That's so I beautiful. just wanted to... That's lovely. And this 100 is 100% this is, agree. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, right on. And this is my subject that, uh, you know, that, that feel the fear and do it anyway. There's also the possibility to work with a lot of your fears here first. But the fact is, when you're truly, I love what you just said, Paul, because when you're truly doing something out of your comfort zone, maybe you, 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 uh, you know, you got to a place where you're not afraid of it anymore, then it's not a challenge, then it, that's, it's, it's not a courageous act. But if you're always pushing that edge and, and pushing yourself into new places, then yeah, it's what you're doing is going to bring up the fear. And then are you going to take it and use it like food as an offering from God, take that fear in? do the thing that brings up that fear and then transmute it into powerful action right so it doesn't just end up being I like how you said it the emotion that that um, paralyzes you that you that you freeze in that 
because you're just all a big mess of emotion all the time. Now, the other side is that, you know, king heroes especially tend to suppress that emotion rather than letting it come up. So I, I love what, what you're saying in terms of, of, you know, don't pretend you don't have it or don't think you shouldn't have it or then don't push it down at all costs because that will take you down. You won't be nearly as strong as you, as you could be. So thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you, Ben, I'm just for coming on. Say, I Go just ahead. farted yesterday after my butt finally unclenched from puckering about facing off all those cops with the automatic guns and <laughs> very angry. I, I just farted yesterday, so. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Good for you. Good for you. No, it's amazing. And, and to be able to not have any bravado, not, not any ego about it, like, you know, pretending you're, you're somebody that's not afraid. Otherwise, we couldn't relate to you. We couldn't get any assistance from this conversation. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, wouldn't work for us. So God bless both of you in your authenticity. It's uh, really an honor and uh, an inspire, inspiring thing to, to sit and be able to talk to you. We'll do it again. Absolutely. So uh, thank you everyone for coming. If you're if you're new to the channel, then then uh, feel free to subscribe. If I'm still here on the uh, you know in this in this uh, world of fake book and YouTube, then then you'll find me here. If not, I am on Rockfin, so that's entirely uncensored. That's where Benjamin was over there. And so if I disappear here, that's how you know to find me. You can visit my website. Also on Rockfin now. Oh, excellent, Ben. Yeah, so so good, Paul. Uh, Paul, you're on YouTube, and uh, we'll have to get you over onto Rockfin if you're not there already. Yeah, I mean, they, they want me on so many different things, and I don't go nowhere, but I probably should. Um, but I just found out that that video's got like 2 million views on one of these platforms, and I didn't even know about it. So, yeah, I guess I got to get around to where everyone else is at. You know, the movement is, is kind of going that way with all the banning and censoring anyway. I'm kind of late on that, so. Yeah, and it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as I'm here, I don't hold it any against anybody. Obviously, if you're on a mainstream platform, that uh, you know, use sure. the enemies' gifts or, or enemies' uh, tools against them, no problem. I think that goes without saying. But uh, but yeah, it's good to be prepared and just have that. So if you're just suddenly gone, which happens, then you're, you've got a you've got a place where people can find you right away. So you can go and visit uh, Paul. I don't know Ben if you're able to shoot me your YouTube or Rockfin link right away. Then I can put it up on the screen just to close. And uh, darn it, I had that. I thought I had that. Handy. You know that'll take me like ten minutes to figure out how to do that. Holy smoke! Okay, no problem. <laughs> we, but we it's will... uh, Benjamin Balderson or Odin's Alchemy on Rockfin. Same as uh, YouTube. I'm obviously still on YouTube, but I'm gonna only do a little bit on YouTube because YouTube censors and kicks me and all my friends off regularly. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Why give them all the uh, the good juice? I, I just keep giving them the good juice. But here is Paul's YouTube channel. If you want to click on that and subscribe to him, go check out the, the videos that he does on a regular basis. And uh, if anybody wants to be able to, you know, get past enough fear inside themselves to begin taking, whether it's lawful action or strong action, or just be ready for that moment when they are coming for you or your children in one way or another, then feel free to knock on my door. That's what I help people do. I'm training coaches right now to help people. So there's more of me out there in the world. That's been amazingly inspiring. I'll be running a primal power course in October. I have to let you guys know about that first so that you can harness the energy of the, the enemy 
right? That, that uh, art of war, that whatever they're giving you, then you take it in as food, you use it and you, you put your offering out that's uh, based on the truth written on your heart. That's, that's always the potential. That's always the alchemy that we can do to transform even the ugliest, most awful experience into a thing of beauty and value for others. So I think that's all I have to say for today. It's uh, really been wonderful to see both of you. Thank you so much for joining me. Appreciate you. Very good. Already, everyone. Bye Always an honor. That's we'll awesome. See you later. Okay. Sounds great. Share this out. I think this is a really good one. Bye, you guys.